This episode of the A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, where you can always find 99-cent shipping across Canada for Magic the Gathering card singles. Yeah, that's pretty scum. <laughs> hey, so, yeah, I did scumbag someone then. What if you yeah, died? Like, yeah, like your your yeah. most epic scumbag story is that you killed your friend. I killed a guy, yeah. <laughs> killed like, a guy. Just straight up killed a guy. That's, we're... Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60Cards.com. Check us out. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mice they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal palmini-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. I don't know about you guys, or I'm just mind-tricking myself constantly. <laughs> Jay Bush. They're of a different culture, KYT. They prefer their magic untainted by the internet. Smitty. There was plenty of guys in my high school who played Magic at the time and were getting laid at the same time, but they sure as hell weren't in a chess club. Scotty. Then you just pull the fucking Mind Slaver and you just dome them with their own dude. That's entertainment. And now, the AT. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 57 of the A-Team Podcast. This is KYT, joined here with Scott. How's it going, Scott? Good, KYT. What's going on? <laughs> Jay's going to be running in late, but uh, for now, we got another... I keep saying the word special. I wish I could think of another word, but... Uh, awe-inspiring? Awe-inspiring <laughs> guest, and, uh, you know, one of his nicknames is Expensive Sorcery Master, and uh, I hear you're a big fan of his work, right, Scott? Yeah, absolutely, actually. I, I'm really, really excited. Um <laughs> There's probably only, like, two other people on the face of this planet that share a more obsessive uh, love affair with Tezzeret than I do. Um, <laughs> one of them, of course, is, like, the master, right? Yasuka, the master. Um, and then, of course, we've got our local master, um, Shaheen Sarani. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Hello, hello. <laughs> it's good to hear that you're not sick anymore, Scott, so you can uh, take over your regular interview duties. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it, it was uh, really hurting me last week. It was pretty terrible, and apparently I put Kyle through hell, so sorry, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we're all better. So, yeah, Shaheen, thanks so much for joining us. Um, you know, we've been uh, really, really – I know myself and a few others in particular that uh, that I, I play fairly regularly with have all been – Watching very carefully the metagame as it's changed in states, and you know, I, I mean, I, I've been a huge Tezzeret fan forever, and it's really nice to see sort of the direction that you're headed with it. I know you put out a fantastic article, um, you know, just this literally, I think it just released like today or midnight. Or yeah, whatever. last night. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I want to go over that. I want to talk about it, but I mean, before we get to that, let's talk about some of the, you know, why people should know who you are. Kyt alluded to, you know, the <laughs> The, the nickname of, of Expensive Sorcery Master. So do you want to uh, talk to us a little bit about sort of like how you started Magic and how you've kind of like some of the roads, road bumps that you've come on, you know, to get to where you are today? Sure. Um, I guess the first tournament I did well in, oh, I've started grinding in uh, 2002 PDQs, 2003, um, near the release of uh, 
uh, Mirrodin and played in the PDQs then, but I played casually before then for the longest time and, you know, dominated my F&M scene. <laughs> I was like an F&M master uh, about nine years ago or so. Um, but, like, I took a green-white ramp list with uh, birds, rampant growth, Eternal Dragons, Exalted Angels, Decree of Justice, and uh, played in the O3 regionals, and that was when it was 11-round regionals in the Mid-Atlantic, you know, had uh, wow. six, 700 people. Um, so when nine, one and one and top eight, that's a Skull Clamp. I played two Skull Clamp in that deck, and just <laughs> Clamp Simulacrums, and Clamp Baylos, and Clamp Radiant Shamans, and... Uh, I guess that's kind of like when I decided I'm just going to play one archetype forever because the only reason I did well in that tournament or ever won was because every just average player just played Affinity and I played Affinity six rounds in a row and dropped one game. And they just, you know, it's just playing main deck of Chroma's Vengeance and main deck Brady and Shaman. You could just beat a, a wave of like, it felt kind of like, you know, you're just playing a video game and you're, you're, you know, like playing Diablo and killing like the one health creatures at the beginning. <laughs> and I mean, it, it was just, it was almost like a free tournament top eight and then it felt really good. Um, and that got me to nationals where I went 05, but hey, you know, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta start somewhere. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's how I began. Um, but it, after that, it's just started like stealing PTQ top eights here and there. And I used to email Mike Flores. Um, an 04 and 05, I'm like, hey, I top eight with this retarded, horrible, <laughs> awful shit deck, and um, but it's 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 funny, so you should add it in your swim with sharks. And I would email him, and um, eventually the third time I emailed him or so, it stuck, and he's like, well, this guy, you know, and he would show a deck I top eight with and talk about it, and he'd give it crazy names like Tron, he called like Sir Troni and. <laughs> Uh, all you know, just just, and then he would he would post about me every now and then, um, until I finally won a PTQ with classic blue white, and then I won another PTQ with classic blue white, then I took a sealed PTQ in '05, and then another PTQ with classic blue white again, um, and the classic blue white deck was twice an extended and once in standard, so that's kind of how I started. Nice. So I mean, yeah. So obviously, you like control player. I mean that that. There's no question. I mean, I think you are the the most outspoken control advocate that exists in the game right, yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which which is fantastic. And and I mean, it, it strikes a chord with me personally because it's. I mean, as soon as I played the first time, I played a, a Kajeldor and Outpost, and then Force of Willed something and Cast Lord Supply Shares in the same turn. Like that was it for me. Like I'm done. I'm I'm a control player forever. <laughs> so yeah. I can completely relate. You know. Um, yeah. So that's that's one of the things that's kind of uh, helped me gravitate to a lot of your writing and a lot of your successes. And you know, uh, like you said, I mean, Flores has been posting a lot of your lists for some time, and you know, things like that. And, and of course, with with his iconic uh, place in the community, it's it's only helped to uh, increase your stock, as it were. So right. that being the case. What is your like? What's your all-time favorite format, right? Like, obviously, you've been playing. You know, it sounds like you you've you've got a, a pretty good handle on limited. I mean, your your article this week has been great because it's it sounds like you're really really prepared for Worlds this year, which I think is awesome. Um, but uh, to in order to be that prepared, you need to kind of have your hands in everything. So, which one is actually your favorite format right now? Um, I, I'm always been a big fan of standard. Um, limited. I you know I was I was always decent at um, 
But I like, for example, one of the pro tours I played in back in the day. I played against uh, John Sune and uh, Mike Thompson in a uh, the, the to win the winning in day two, the last round. I was a team with Star Wars kid. It's Chris McDaniel. I don't know um, how far you guys go back, but he's kind of like one of the older uh, pros from mid two thousands. Yeah, so we we lost, and as they were smashing our face in, um, <laughs> he's like, "Aren't you a?" constructed specialists and, <laughs> and at that point i'm like all right time to grind on the limited you know skills i i, I f- found myself being kind of weak at it then and so i've been playing a lot of moto so i think i might be better at limited but favorite wise I, i'm definitely still a big standard person nice unless we go back to old old extended because that's just i mean if we can go to an old format but current day definitely uh definitely type two but before it became double standard Right, right, before yeah. it became modern, uh, yeah, <laughs> whatever you <laughs> All want. Right. Yeah, whatever we, whatever we call it these days. Um, okay, so the the next one that uh, really has got um, has got me wondering is, so how did you decide to approach states? Because, at, like, I mean, the metagame shifted. Um, you have been traditionally playing, I, I mean, it, the article that you you put out this week kind of hits it on the head when you talk about you know the different decks that you've been able to play you know because of your rating and you, you've kind of been afforded the luxury to and I mean forgive my place for saying this but maybe you know not take it as seriously as and I mean you know we've had we've had Ali on as well and and he kind of has said the same sort of thing you know he's like you know well you know I got I I just like to play what I want to play not necessarily what you know the best deck is that's going to win. And I think you kind of open up your article by talking about, you know, being able to play sweet decks like Mass Polymorph, for example, or like 21, right, when you built it? And it's kind of like, well, that's cute, you know. Um, what flipped for you? Like, what was what was the, the moment where you decided that, you know what, I need to I need to do things differently? Or have you? Um, I think I, I always like it. And this is kind of how I started my little, like, I guess you can call it nerd beef with AJ Satcher back in the day um, when he made an article saying that innovation is for, for idiots and, you know, if <laughs> yeah. you know if you really want to be an innovator, just play the better deck in the format and then just win with him. You know, people like that just ruin magic. And I, I, I mean, I've always been a play rogue decks. Um, not to the point where Ali plays rogue decks. I mean, Ali and I, we're, we're real good friends. I talk to him, you know, every week yeah. about random stuff but um he'll actually play bad decks just to just to be have fun and i can't do that i can't go that far he'll play like a uh like an invitation only played a mono blue infect deck in the standard portion and i mean i i just i can't be called dead playing 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 whatever that viral drake or whatever it's called and you know i just i said him and i are a little different in that regard um i said i never considered myself casual uh, every even the, when I play the 21 decks and all those decks, it's mainly for um, the shock and all if I do well, and also for catching opponents off guard. Like it's like more purely strategic than it is for, um, I guess you could say, fun or casual. Okay, so when you were brewing for this new format, what was the you know what was your primary focus? Like going into states, brand new format, you kind of got the opportunity to play you know sort of whatever you wanted. Talk to us about how how you approached it, you know, how you approach this new format. Um, start off with obviously 
uh, one of the decks to beat, and you have to kind of um, guess it, guesstimated it from uh, the successful decks pre-rotation, and see what decks lose the least. And obviously, it leaves Tempered Steel. I'm always afraid of Primeval Titan, regardless. I mean, I, you know, as a control player, a card that produces advantage like that. Uh, I don't know what. I actually had no idea what form it would be in. Um, but I knew it'd be it'd be there somewhere. Yeah, I saw people post the list from the Star City, the Wolfrun ramp deck, and I thought that deck was just atrocious. But I mean, it's it <laughs> has Primeval Titan again, so it's scary. You got to be prepared for it. Matter of fact, I don't, I don't know if you guys know um, Kenny Mayer. He's one of the other decent Virginia players, um, and uh, he's most famous known for his. Uh, he played uh, Battle Wits in Star City for on a on a dare on the like uh, during the Legacy portion. And he was in the feature match, and his post show and tell. <laughs> he played Battle Wits often. I just, it was the funniest thing on camera I've ever seen in my life. But oh yeah, you know he played Emrakul. Oh, show and tell. Oh, I lose. But uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he played. Um, yeah, he played me in the top eight playing the Wolfram Ramp, and that was the only second time I played it. And I beat him in like ten minutes. It was just Tezzer. Just is just so much for that deck to handle. Um, I say that, and then last week I got murdered by the deck once, so I guess it's random. But uh, like I said, you just kind of um, gather the best best decks, whatever decks lose the least from the rotation, which happened to be Timber Steel. That deck, Mono Red will always be there, and then you just build a control deck that can beat it. Um, I always start off with blue white, and you know go through the thought process and. Uh, see if it can handle the metagame and I can't conclusion I can't. Uh, just not enough. Not enough Wall of Omens. Um, not enough Disruption. Uh, not enough uh, good win conditions. I don't like Sun Titan in this format. And uh, so that leads me to go to Black. And Blue yeah. Black was it. Yeah. Now, uh, it's you bring up the Blue White and it, it brings me back, uh, back on, on the topic path that I was looking for here. So, you, uh, la- I guess you hit it into the major mainstream when you came out and was very adamant about preordained not belonging in blue-white control lists. Now, there were a lot of people that kind of, like, went against that. Now, clearly, you know, you did a really good job of defending your position, and, you know, it really comes down to, you know, the deck versus, you know, and, and obviously Preordains and Cobblade, it's a different deck, it's not true control, and, and you know, it was it was really good. Uh, that being said, do you miss the card Preordain in this standard format right now? <laughs> no, more, more good riddance. Like, the actual... <laughs> wow. Once it rotated, I... Uh... Was I, I made a couple of tweets, I think. I might have. I don't remember. I, I wore maybe just talk to myself, but more of a, you know, I want to see how these players, I want to see how everyone's going to win now without a, you know, it's such a crutch card. I've never seen a card like that where um, you see people put in a deck for a lot of mulligan assistance and a lot of, um, you know, uh, auto four of. I've just never seen an auto four of card. Even Mana Leaks on auto four of card back in the day. People would split with Spell Pierce and, um, I just, you know, I never like, I always question people that, uh, copy lists and copy cards just because it's that on the internet without kind of like thinking for themselves and, um, why this card is good. And a lot of people that, you know, I had the big period in debate with could defend their position pretty well on it. Like I, like when the card was released, uh, I had a little text battle with Pat Chapin, yeah. um, talking about the card and just, it's just people I met, you know, throughout, road traveling and playing um a lot of people could defend why it was just a 
easy include and control X, but a lot of people couldn't. And it just reminds me of like how the Japanese used to used to fuck with us and send us like lists where they would top A and they put like one circle of protection red in their sideboard, and people would just copy it. And they're like, oh, cop red, and one of them, and they play like down one four spike in the sideboard. They just always did that stuff, and I honestly believe it's just a mess of the Americans. So we copy their list and look like idiots when we have these <laughs> cards in our deck. And that's why I always thought with period and just cards like that. I'm just like, come on, guys, you got to think on your own. You got to find out why cards are good. Why otherwise you'll never grow as a player. You'll never know. You'll never get that basic deck building skill that is really important to win. Um, but like I said, period and. It's a great card. Uh, it's good. It was good in blue black because you can't draw uh, inquisitions and despises in late game. You'll lose. Um, but in blue white control, I played no preordains and uh, at nationals, and I played a white sun zenith, blue sun zenith, spreading seas, a sweet blue white deck. And um, I was one win away from top eight, lost the last round to the the young man at top eight. But that was that was that was a real painful loss because it would have been a ridiculous blue-eyed deck in the top eight with no preordains if I would have won that last round. But yeah. So I still stand with my position, but as unpopular as it can be. <laughs> so uh, do you mind if uh, your your blue-black and your blue-black Tesseract list has been through, you know, I guess quite a few changes. I mean, you pretty much took it in uh, to the last Star City event almost unchanged from your state's victory, with the exception of, uh, I think, some sideboard tweaks, right? Because you got, like, hosed by tokens or something? Is that... You want to elucidate on that a little? Yeah, yeah, I lost in the finals to tokens, but I beat it um, twice previous to that. I beat it in the top four and in the Swiss. No, I didn't drop a game to it, um, which is very... It was pretty depressing to lose in the finals. Um, but it was more of a on-tilt added massacre worm just to solidify the victory there. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's not really a tough matchup, and uh, if I had to do it over again, which I did in the article, I changed it to a more uh, well-rounded cyborg, I guess you could say. Yeah. So I've been uh, I've been going over this list pretty much all day, and uh, I, I do you want to talk about a couple of the changes that you made to the main deck? Like I know you go over it in your article, but I it it'd be really nice to kind of like how'd you come to uh, some of these cards, like mimic that in Druidic Satchel, like as an example. Um, I had a hard time sideboarding uh, previously, and some cards I, I kind of it's it's when you build a deck you got to really um, have a like a mental picture of subtract this many and add this many for each matchup. Um, and Druidic Satchel is one of those cards that's an easy sideboard out, but it's not bad in the main deck. It's not bad against aggro. It's real good against control. It's one of those average cards. And I found my list before not to have enough average cards. They were um, a lot of just heavy one direction or the other, and I would often either not be able to board out any cards or not be able to board in um not have enough to uh, board out. So, uh, Satchel is a one of. Uh, I think it's decent against all the matchups. It's not the greatest, like I said, against aggro, but you know you'll gain a decent amount of life off it throughout the entire game. Uh, Mimic Vet, however, is kind of a, a revelation. It's kind of like bringing back an old thing that was never real popular. But I think in this format, I think it's the best it's going to be. Uh, just the targets that you're going to be killing are just so good, and the removal doesn't remove anything from game. Um, I remember just the use of Oblivion Ring now is, is almost zilch. Like very, very few decks even play that card. Um, either they're not right color or uh, 
they're playing alternate things instead. It's really just uh, it's really just Solar Flare right now that's really taking advantage of that. Exactly, and that deck is uh, dwindling, in, to say the least, um, mm-hmm. being replaced by the true four Sapcaster Mage control decks um, or blue black. But uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe that's real, real nice, real nice card. And especially in your deck, you don't actually have to kill anything. It's just when your guys die, it's just as good. Um, and it's not good like oh, it's just a decent control card. It's good as in if it's not handled, the game ends immediately. Um, Regardless of what you put under there, let it be killing their primeval titan, your own consecrated sphinxes, grave titan, whatever it is. Even simulac. Even even stealing their silly little uh, Viridian emissaries to ramp yourself is not bad either. Yeah, I mean just constant threat aggro attacking them with that too. Yeah, so it's it's real good. And the last main deck change I think was the life finale. Yeah. Um, it's good against the Wolf Run ramp deck, uh, just as a wrath of god effect and taking out uh, all the primeval titans. Um, their deck really, really weakens after that. I mean, literally a mana leak into that will be, should be game over. Um, they really can't win without that card. Uh, against, uh, aggro obviously is good. Against control, there's probably three creatures total in their deck, depending on if it's solar flare or, uh, the mirror match. So I like the card a lot. It might be increased in the sideboard as well, but one in the main deck at least. So that's nice. the main deck. Okay. Um, the card that I find interesting is, uh, is Phyrexia's core. Now, the reason that, that I find it interesting is I understand the natural synergy that it would have in place with cards like, you know, Icar Wellspring, Solemn, you know, things like that. Like, that that goes without saying. But, you know, that seems to be a really valuable slot right now that could arbitrarily be taken up by something like, I mean, Buried Ruin is less relevant with that Wormcoil engine, but a card like Ghost Quarter could very easily see play in that Phyrexia's core slot. Is there... Any particular reason that you do value the core over a card like Ghost Quarter? Um, yeah, actually, I, if I pro- if I died to one Ink Moth Nexus, I probably would consider Ghost Quarter. But out of all the matches I played, I haven't I haven't died to it once. It's just I think it's a lot less scary than um, you would think in a deck that plays four Doomblade and doesn't really vary from the removal package. I mean, you. All, all the spells can handle it pretty much. Um, especially on the sideboard, we play Bring the Swords first as well. I think, uh, the core is important for making your Acre Wild Strings to think twice. And, uh, more often than, than, you know, you would expect the life gain against the red decks has ended me with like one, two, three life more than lethal than I would have died because of the artifacts I've stacked to it. Um, but honestly, just for the Acre Wild Spring, it's it's uh, vastly important to be able to just draw multiple cards from this, and uh, you don't lose any. It, is, it takes away the one disadvantage of playing Tezzeret, because without the Think Twice, your ability to cantrip and hit land drops weakens um, with Acre Wellspring, but the, the land allows you to at least make up for it. Gotcha. Okay. It's it's interesting because like upon first try, I looked at the list and I thought, okay, well, I'm gonna run four Nexus and one Ghost Quarter and see how it works, and it's been working fine. But you know, I, I was really anxious with the opportunity to be able to ask you about that card in particular. So I'll give it a run and see if uh, you know, and hopefully I agree with you. So um, your sideboard, uh, I would really appreciate it. I know that you don't often do this, but. Would you give us a sideboarding guide, even if you don't want to go through it? Like, we can talk about some of the cards right now, but would you email us a sideboarding guide so we can put it in our show notes as an exclusive? Sure. Um, 
especially if, if it'd be easier if you just send me uh, the list of matchups. Um, my brain will hurt less than so, <laughs> some of the matchups you want to want help against. Then yeah, I can that, uh, fill in fill in the chart for you. That'd be awesome. Because uh, I know the challenge is, like you said, like it's the same thing that I've always had in terms of an issue, especially when you're playing with Tezzeret, because, you know, unless you're subbing out, like, artifacts for artifacts, you know, like, this artifact is subpar, I'll bring in this one that's better, it's, it often can be very difficult to sideboard. So, I mean, you're playing cards like um, Soren's Thirst, which obviously is coming out. Geth's Verdict is something that I know a lot of people have been playing as well. Um, I know, right? That but uh, they're using it in conjunction with Liliana, right? And do and removal. Like I see it in more of the traditional blue-black control lists. But Soren's Thirst is red deck. But it, I mean, it sounds like from the brief discussions you're having, you're bringing that in in a lot of matchups, aren't you? Yeah, the mono-black infect deck, which I didn't even know existed till the open. Um, I played against that, and like you know, I read afterward that's a bad matchup. I I played it twice and just obliterated it both times. So it's like, it's like, man, this deck is like draft cards. It's like plague stingers and stuff. Like, man, <laughs> like it was a bad matchup. And that's even with four doom blades. And I mean, we went to game three once, but after board, you bring in all the thirst and you bring in, uh, well, now you have Liliana's after board and you just, uh, you just overwhelm the deck with removal. But, uh, yeah, I bring in thirst against anything that has at least an eight of, uh, two toughness or less creatures, uh, bring like you know temper steel, uh, pure steel paladin, anything like that. So all those all those decks. Nice. Uh, how did you flash freeze? Isn't obvious. I mean, it just seems like that card is getting better and better with the Wolfrun Green. I mean, being able to handle you know Dungrove Elder yeah. at any point in the game is pretty important, uh, along with prime time. Yeah, I agree. I was very frustrated when I lost to the Wolf Run deck in the feature on camera. I hate losing on camera. My record on those, uh, the camera matches are like two and five, <laughs> something horrible. Oh, I doubt I, 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 it's not that even though, you know, I don't really get nervous when I play magic anymore. I used to. And I like, uh, the last Grand Prix I played in was, uh, uh, winning in round again for top eight. And I lost to, you might have heard of him, some guy named uh, Wanatabi or something or something. Wanatabi? Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, oh, whatever. I, I was just playing Callblade. Already early in the tournament, I beat Luis. I beat um, the entire Channel Fireball team. Uh, yeah. Raptor is his name. I forgot. What's the real name? I forgot. But, um, yeah, the guy who got top eight of that last Pro Tour. Utterly. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yep. That guy. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so I play in the top eight against this guy, and you know, I usually I, I like it when people watch. I I feel like I, my play tightens a little bit, and I um I don't want to make a fool of myself. So, and but I don't know, Star City camera sucks. So I'm like, fuck flash. Next time I'm just gonna cheat and flash reason, so I don't look like an idiot and lose to this guy. The guy he it's the same guy. I forgot to use Garrett twice on camera. He's and I was like, God bless America. this is horrible yeah yeah so uh jace has been great i mean um i played it uh in my version of solar flare for states uh like i worked on it with medina so obviously that's where i got the tech and yeah jace has been amazing like in any control mirror he's dumb right he just like wins the game single-handedly um liliana's in the board obviously you know so like you said like you're using those now predominantly in just the aggro matchup because you found that in the control matchup they just it, it was just too much disadvantage with a lack of flashback spells yeah 
disadvantage in the word for because you know after playing Tezzeret, it's the last cards in your hand once you stabilize or six mana bombs and the yeah. land to play it. It's just every it's almost every time was yeah I do I discard a Sphinx the six land a Karn like it's just it's horrible like and I I would you know, I refuse to use the ability on the card. Um, Twice, I think, I played at least where I just played it and said go, didn't even use the edict, nothing, just because they had nothing out. I guess it's okay as a future edict, but it's not good enough for a Maydeck spot unless the entire field is aggro. It states I played aggro every round but one in the Swiss, um, so it was it was perfect. But at the Open, I played aggro maybe twice and a bunch of control decks, so it was terrible. Yeah. Um, Blackstone Zenith is, is you know, a, an obvious, you know, inclusion. It's scalable. It's, you know, simple removal for the swarm decks. Um, the two despise in the sideboard are uh, really kind of, like, were they just, like, the afterthought being, like, maybe I just need a card, or? That's also for the Wolfron deck. Um, it was four flash rays. Um I think the two despise is better because it's versatile. He can board in against other decks as well. Uh, there's some control decks, the ones that run for Liliana, as long as Jason, Karn, and all that stuff, where you want despise. Um, against aggro decks, it's better than a counter spell uh, early on. Uh, it gives you a one drop, especially when you're playing eight swamp. So despise is mainly for Wolf Run, but it's for um, whatever deck you want to board in against, I guess. Because Gar- mainly for Garrick, to, to be more specific for Wolfrun, because they play, they bring in the other Garrick, so they have five planeswalkers that all beat the like to beat the crap out of you if they resolve it. Like, it's just a disaster. <laughs> I mean, and, like against that guy, I, I was holding, I had five cards in, and his last card was a Garrick, and I lost that game three. Just couldn't deal with the uh, tokens every turn. So which one's worse? Like, like uh, to play against? Like, is it Primal Hunter or is it actually Relentless? It is. It's 100% Primal Hunter, except when you tap out on turn three, then it's relentless. Um, I mean, it's either one resolving is devastating, but um, the the Mem 12 one's way better. Yeah. So, um, do you still enjoy this game? Like, is this still is this still fun for you? <laughs> I think uh, I think cube drafting is fun. <laughs> I think um, limited is fun. Uh, the old uh, I think that I really found my love of the game at, in 2006 when um, right after Worlds, uh, I, I that Sunday, that Saturday, excuse me, when the team draft started, um, the the World teams were playing. I went upstairs. It was uh, at the Louvre actually in in France, and in the upstairs area there were all these pros, Kenji and Luis, and I've really never met any of them, and uh, big old uh, what's his name, uh, Antonino. Uh, was like put his arm around me. He's like, "Hey, welcome to the club." And I was like, "Yeah, ninth at world is that good enough?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's good enough for today." So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I drafted with them. It was it was awesome, just money drafting and getting to know those guys. I think I really look forward to that's the the best part about Magic is when you travel and you see friends and hang out. It's a, it's kind of a thing. It's one of the few games in the world that you can really do with everyone you enjoy being around, and. Uh, also, you know, have a chance for, like I always tell people, like nerd fame, which is what I've always shot for. And, um, you know, yeah, I have, I have a lot of fun playing it. Maybe not the actual walking to the, the pairings board and sitting down and playing the actual game, but that's it's, that's still semi-fun. But the definitely the uh, interaction with people is the best part. Thank you for drafting, of course. 
So do you play any other uh, social versions of the game, like specifically Commander at all? Have you ever played Commander? I have played Commander. I um, I transformed my Star City payments into store credit mm-hmm. to avoid taxation because it's not worth it. Um, I agree. So, yeah, so I get the paycheck. I get the store credit, and um, I used to I built two ADHDs, one for my girlfriend, one for myself, and I used to play with friends, and then I realized, man, I'm not going to play with this these budget versions because it's not my blood. So, you know, I bought a mana drain for both of them. I bought forces. I bought, you know, <laughs> spent like a million, a million dollars for a crowd on each and then got bored in about a month. And so, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, so nah, it's, it's not for me. It's, I always tell my friends when we used to play or, you know, there's just not enough structure. It's just, I don't know. I, I like structure in the game a little more, um, a little more thought-provoking stuff than Commander. But, I, you know, to each his own. I think... I think it's good for the game. I think it kept a lot of people buying cards and playing that wouldn't have kept playing without it. Yeah, that's probably fair. All right. So you're excited. Uh, so Modern's coming too, right? Obviously in Worlds, it's a, it's one of the major major uh, portions. So you are looking to play as a Tron. Yep. Uh, trying to repeat at least last time I've been was with Urzatron did pretty well, so. Pretty much the same format, too. Yeah, that old extended feels just like modern. The same sort of decks are floating around. So how did the how did the bandings influence your decisions? Like, uh, I mean, I mean, did it slow everything down just enough for you, or? Yeah, I killed the combo decks, and the Tron can't can't uh, can't tango with combo. That uh, kills earlier than turn four. Um, the fastest combo deck when I played Tron was that. Um, Heartbeat Desire deck and extended, and that was a pretty slow deck uh, comparatively. So uh, once they banned the the Infect deck and once they banned all those uh, cheap cards for um, Ascension and the card digging for uh, Kiki Jiki Splinter Twin nonsense, then Tron became not not just viable. I think it's really underrated at this point. Excellent. So, who have you been uh, testing with to to get together for Worlds? Like, do you have a regular group that you you get together with, or like anybody we know, or what? Do you, how do you approach you know these large events? All right, I'm gonna give you an A team special, like A <laughs> team exclusive. A team exclusive here. Okay. Love it. Love it. Uh, Shaheen Sarani has never tested before. In his life, <laughs> do not tell anybody. <laughs> but I will, I will tell you. Here's the extent of my testing, and if I need to call my girlfriend over here to verify, she will. Uh-huh. I will sit there and I will goldfish <laughs> for two hours a day. Wow! And while I'm watching TV, while I'm uh, <laughs> in between playing a game, in between whatever, and I'll goldfish, hammer out the mana bases, perfect them. Uh, see opening hands, and then I will visualize. This is where the creepy part begins. I'll visualize like what my opponents are playing, and I will try to beat their best starts with my hands. And then that's how I play test. And this is not a joke. Serious. <laughs> 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 I've done that. I've never play tested. Honestly, I've, maybe I mean unless you consider like three or four games here and there or F and M. But as far as Proxying up decks and playtesting. I swear I've tried. Uh, we've done it, proxied it up, and I can't get through one day of it. It's just like eye gouging, boring to me. 
So <laughs> that requires you to have like, the masterful understanding of all of the decks and like to, to, to be able to do that, you know, to beat their best hand, to determine what their best hand is, like that's that's intense. It's pretty intense. I mean, more it's easier with aggro decks than control decks, but you now I'm just like, oh, turn one, Kurt Ape, here's what I'm going to do. Turn two, you know, and it's more just like, for an example, I'll draw an opening hand, I'll be like, you know, I'll just kind of consider, give it kind of a mental scaling on a 1 to 10, how how the hand strength is against that particular matchup. And if I notice throughout my goldfishing that the my hand strength against aggro decks are relatively weak, you know, I'll swap one card out, add an engine explosives here, cut this card, shuffle, shuffle, do it again. And um, that's kind of how the decks evolve to what I want them to be. And it's it surprises no one more than myself that when I go to these tournaments and they actually work and these decks work <laughs> out, that, oh, wow. that uh, everything is, you know, it's, it's just pretty remarkable. It's fun. I mean, I, I'm i pretty proud of, proud of myself when I go. I'm like, yeah. And I'll convince, like, with, especially with Blood Gas. Like, Blood Gas is my the recent baby I had. And, you know, Ali won Worlds with Blue Black, but I go there and I show him Blood Gas. And at that tournament, he goes, runs around with, like a chicken with his head cut off before the tournament starts at the Open the next weekend, trying to find four Blood Gas for his sideboard. And just the idea is just, you know, he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> that's how I came up with the best test, quote, unquote. Uh, it's the best testing I did was when I um, made this Greater Gifts deck. I don't know if you remember it, but it was um, yeah, Greater Good Yosei, Gore's yeah. Vengeance. And that's how I, that was before States again. I won States the year before that and, again, went to the finals and lost this one. Um, but right after States, I get a Facebook message from Frank Carson. He's like, your deck is awesome. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pilot it too. And any suggestions? And I'm, I'm still like a nobody. I was so excited about winning states the last year. I, I renamed my moto account state champ. And like, I, I was just like, I was like, man, I'm doing, you know, this is the greatest thing ever. And now I got this European pro I've never heard of, but I'm sure he's pretty good saying, Hey, this deck's, you know, and then he gets second in worlds with it. So, um, that was all from goldfishing. Wow. Telling you, it's, it's it's a true no life talent <laughs> that you can do at home. So. so do you like do you just not have time? Do you just prefer to keep it to yourself? Like I'm just I'm just curious, right? Because I mean we've had a lot of people that have, you know, sworn by the power of their team and that they're they're only as good as everyone that else that's on it. Like what puts you in that position over something else? There are no competitive players in my area. Um, there used to be, uh, but the nearest competitive player is three hours away, two and a half hours away up north. I'm, I'm in Virginia Beach, southern Virginia, and uh, my area, Hampton Roads, doesn't have, uh, I guess the most competitive they'll get now is you know, driving to a PDQ in the state. But as far as like testing and really trying to get on the Pro Tour and uh, achieve you know, some kind of magic success. They don't. They don't want to put the time into it. And to be honest, I really don't want to put the time into it either. But um, you know, if they if there was a team in my area, I wouldn't be opposed to getting in it. Um, I did join a team for about two months after Worlds. Uh, this guy named Oivan Anderson invited me to his team. Uh, it was him and a couple other uh, Scandinavians and. Uh, we talked about decks after Worlds, getting ready for the next Pro Tour. And then after a month or two, I wasn't really kicked off the team. I was just kind of 
um, <laughs> kicked off the team. <laughs> they're, they're like, you know, if you're just going to play whatever deck you want, then you're not really helping us that much. Fuck off. Like, All right, fine. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, well. Well, you know, we're still friends, but he, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're just going to play whatever you want, so I'm not, why am I wasting my time? Yikes. So what, uh, so what do you feel your, your biggest strength is then in terms of, you know, like, are you a creative deck builder? Are you more of a, you know, take an existing idea and perfect it? Or, like, are you just, you know, the 100% self-made man? Like, where where's your ultimate strength come in? I know my weakness. My weakness is definitely uh, play, playing ability. Like, I I, can, I think I can build the decks as, as good as anyone. I can tweak decks pretty well. But when it comes to, you know, playing well in a 16-round tournament, my patience wears thin. I mean, I were used to clean up in poker and, you know, clean up in cash games and make a lot of money. And then I play in a tournament and I just get just hella bored and then I'll just play like an idiot after, you know, seven, eight hours of playing poker. I can't do it anymore. Just well, you, you, out you, fold con- you fold constructively and then all of a sudden you just decide, you know what, fuck it, I just went in on a hand and then you get caught by some donkey. Yeah, exactly. And then just, you know, uh, this game sucks. But in Magic, it's, uh, deck building is definitely my, my strongest point. I, tw- uh, like editing decks, current decks, I'm, I've never been that good at it. Mainly, I actually come to think of it, I don't think I've ever done it. I don't, I've never taken a deck and used it as a, um, I guess a, a skeleton to build my own. I would, I'd, I'd refer to them to kind of see, what they're doing, but I've never just taken and edit like four or five cards. It's always like 12, 13, 14 cards, or a lot of cards. It, 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 maybe even more than that, depending. So you uh, you made the comment uh, during your uh, discussion about your uh, gold fishing that you are a mana-based perfectionist. Yeah. I, uh, if anything, yeah. I, it's, that comes with the two Frexing Corn, a three-eight Moth, because um, any more colorless lands is devastating to the deck. Any less, you're kind of, you know, cheating yourself. Because you're it. not playing them when you could. Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, should we just take that as a lesson for all of your decks when we see them? Is that, you know, probably safe to say that Shaheen got the mana right? Yeah, um, uh, especially with standard decks, because I tend to goldfish spend more time with those. Um Decks like from Modern, that Tron list, that, that's Tron list is ancient. Uh, the mana base is ancient. I really haven't edited it. Uh, the main deck's a lot different, but the mana is pretty two years ago, so hopefully it's still intact. But, but yeah, the mana is usually pretty tight. And, uh, another thing about Ali, his, his decks are always really a lot cooler than mine. And sometimes even better, I think his, his list that he put out there, that Esper list with the swords and the ghostly or the, um, whatever it's called, the, the Make Two Flyer thing. Um, I think that's a pretty awesome deck. I played against it a few times for fun at the last Open. It was really, really good. But his mana is a little funky. Like when I looked at his blue-black deck, it was four island, four swamp. Uh, if you're running four Liliana, you can't do that. So you just always got to make sure that you're not neutering yourself when you're playing Um Risky double black spells that need to be played earlier, double blue. And cyborg is also really important. A lot of people don't realize that your mana base has to be strong for your cyborg. You're playing Sworn Source on the board, you better have a lot more black than blue sources. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, well, that's the one thing that I found, you know, in, in playing the deck is I've never been, like, I've, I've never not had it when I need it. 
Like uh, the mana's been great. I've never, never had an issue casting the spells in my hand, and that is something. That's good. Goal fishing mission success right there. That's <laughs> might start a new trend in uh, deck building. People start quitting their teams left That's and right. right. <laughs> Websites going down. Like, oh fuck you! I don't need. <laughs> I just need to goldfish <laughs> for two hours a day. A day. Two hours a day. I'll do it. Uh, it awesome. You really don't feel it. Like, you know, just have, like, watching whatever, 24 on TV or some random sitcom or something, just goldfish, goldfish, goldfish. You don't even, you don't, you feel, you kind of become one with the deck. <laughs> you, like, that's how the Japanese do it. I swear to God, they know, they, they know they're outs. They're like, they know they have a point four two six percent chance of drawing this thing. <laughs> So I'm trying to get to that level. Wow. Asians in their math. God. Yeah. They can crunch numbers. So uh, so what are your goals for this year? Like, uh, So Worlds obviously is coming up, and your goal is to crush it? Yeah, do better than ninth. Uh, don't want to do that again. So hopefully top it. I won't nice. be too devastated with the ninth place, but you know, I, uh, I think that was a bad place to get bad and good. Bad in a way where you know, hearing the Rich Hagen get up there and say, and in ninth place, you know, and hearing your name because it was a tiebreaker um, issue for eighth, that made me want to grind and get back to that that stage. And I haven't been to world since, so it's kind of important to me to do well in. Yeah. So um, there's obviously the advent of Planeswalker points is going to change, you know, a lot of the stuff for next year. Uh, what do you see, you know, as your goal in this game after Worlds? Um, with a poor performance, I don't see me being involved even at, at a half the level I've been involved with this last year. I, uh, pretty upset with Star City, not to the point where I'll stop writing for him, but, um, the not honoring the system for next year kind of threw me for a loop, um, since I paid for plane tickets and I paid a lot of money, travel expenses to get to the level that I was at in the Star City Games Club. Um, and that announcement first kind of knocked me down a, a peg, and then the media day next after that would the Planeswalker Points announcement knocked me out the Pro Tour. So it's kind of like, you know, the one-two punch kind of disenfranchised me from it. I just realized, I guess, no matter what, any of these kind of magic corporations or wizards can just, you know, change what they have had set in stone, you know, kind of at a blink of an eye. So um, I don't see me going distances for playing Magic, but I do see me playing, you know, local Grand Prix, things that are in driving distance and things like that. Now, you said, uh, do, do you play a lot of Moto? You said you changed your Moto name earlier. Do you, do you play a lot? I play, I draft. I, you know, even when I've had the money to, uh, I just can't force myself to drop 400 bucks and build a standard deck. Like I said, there's something in me that stops me from doing it. Um, so I, I, I played Moto for a while. That's where that deck, I don't know if you heard of uh, the Masterpiece back in the day. That was one of the decks that yeah. um, Flores fell in love with. I played on Moto because I borrowed cards back then. I had a friend that had a lot of Moto cards. But <laughs> ever since uh, he's left, I couldn't play sweet decks like that. That deck was the sweetest deck I've ever built. That deck was awful. That deck was so cool, though. <laughs> and a guy won regionals with it and top eight of the nationals with it. I don't know if you, the, you remember what was in that deck. Uh, no, not offhand. I do remember people talking about the Masterpiece. Like, there's no question. Yeah. It was like Birds, Okiba Gang, Shinobis, Frexian Arena, uh, Hierarchs, Mortify, Faith Fetters, Kaigas, uh, Kokoshos, 
Malokus. It's like the craziest deck I've ever built, and I convinced a lot of people to play it, and they did well with it, and it felt wow. pretty good. This but yeah, Moto is awesome. Four color reach. Yeah, four color, fun deck. Good cards. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it was turn two arena or turn, uh, you know, turn three hierarchs were the strong plays. But um, Moto is awesome for drafting, and I'm gonna do that constantly. I I felt really good. I did my first Innistrad draft yesterday, and I won it. Felt nice. Good. Yeah. What'd you open? Uh, nothing. You know, I played a uh, no rare wise anyway. I played. Uh, oh, actually no, I got past. It was an A4, and someone passed me the, uh, what the hell is that card called? The nine mana red Wrath of God. Blasphemous Act. That's it, yeah, I got past that. I was like, oh, I didn't know, I thought that would be a first pick, but <laughs> I took a, I took a Guy Slame first. It's really nothing in the pack, and then I got past that and built a red white deck that was, uh, I, I think Innistrada, well, I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit, but Innistrada is limited. I think it's pretty, uh, skill intensive, but once you get the hang of it, man, you can just win. I, it's it's pretty easy to win, I think. Well, Jay, you've been doing a lot of drafting for mm-hmm. for Innistrad, right? So, like, do you want to ask Shaheen anything? Like, talk to him about your experiences with that. Like, Jay's our limited specialist here, Shaheen. So, like, he's the man to talk to. Cool. <laughs> uh, hey, what's up? So, um, I don't know if that's a true statement, but. I have been doing quite a quite a lot of drafting. Um, I hear that uh, this is an interesting question I have. So I I hear that white is the best color to draft in in Estrad sealed. What do you draft? What do you think of that? You think that's correct? Yeah, easily, easily by by a long shot. Do you um, think that? It's, go ahead. I was gonna say if you if you're fighting to the person feeding you for white, you can still end up with a very solid pool, even fighting for the colors of primary color. That's what I thought too. Like I mean, like I did a draft on Sunday, and white was so open that I'm pretty sure like four of us could have switched into white, and still all had really decent decks. Like my friend Brad ended up having a mono white deck, which is just has to be like the sickest shit of all time. Um, like his deck was just rank, and the only reason I ask is because I've never seen at our drafts anyway. I've never seen a white deck do well, like finish well. Um, they've always been either blue X or, uh, the black red, like 15 removal deck. And, uh, so I just wonder, like, like, do you think like white is a hard color to play? Like eat, like it's the best color to draft, but maybe people just don't get it. Um, white like, it doesn't gives... seem that difficult to me. Don't you just play guys and <laughs> like just play yeah. guys and, and then rebuke and you win the game, right? Like, isn't that yeah, what well, happens? Bond white, faith. Yeah. White gives you, yeah. makes any color combination, uh, aggressive. So, the, I mean, the key to limited that I've found over the years is uh, you have to dip into you in order to give color, say, uh, strength level. It's the common pool, um, and the white common pool just dusts all the other ones. I mean, cars like Doom Traveler, uh, it, like you know, you look at it and might not, you know, like strike you as an amazing card, but doesn't give you a boner or anything. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make you like you know Randy, but it's it's a card that's. You know, just a card I'd love to have in multiples in the white decks that I draft. Um, I think a white-green deck that's drafted well uh, is unbeatable. Uh, travel preparations and a deck like that, I don't care how fast your evasion deck is, those creatures just get huge out of hand and will, will pound you to the ground. Um, the rares that go with it, like the if you open like a Gavity Township, uh, I had a debate with a friend 
that uh, Tommy Ashen, he's a pretty good player from Maryland, and he says that that is the number one card uh, overall, which is I don't agree with, but he is. Gavin Township? Gavin Township. Like if you were yeah. playing a rotisserie draft with all the cards laid out in the entire set, <laughs> he would take Gavin Township. He would take Gavin Township. Gavin Township. How can you possibly take that over Olivia Voldaren? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. I had, yeah, my, like, now the new joke is if the draft opens, I the first draft open, I open Olivia, I lose. Second draft open, I do. I open Olivia and I win. They're like, how many Olivia's does it take to win a draft open? <laughs> well, it takes two. But yeah, it's <laughs> Olivia's silly, silly good. Um, but Gavity Township, the reason why he puts it up there, and I, I, when we did a money draft previously to that, uh, I had Gavity Township. It wasn't even close. I just murdered people with it and finally saw the power. Same way I kind of saw the power with a uh, invisible stalker with the fucking dagger thing. Yeah, that's, that's just stupid. I don't even want to play Magic anymore after that. Like, they, they had to give a, a, like a retard clause for this format, and that's, that's it right there. Oh, my deck is the worst deck in the world, but these, I mean, that's, that's your card combination is, alright, that, that made me so angry, but, um, <laughs> the reason why Gavin Township might be better than Olivia, and this is his reasoning, and yeah, you can buy into it a little bit, is you can't remove it. Uh, no one's going to play Ghost Quarter, so I mean, you're you're Gavin Township safe, and <laughs> Olivia can die to you know Slayer the Wicked or Brimstone Volley, depending on what color combination you're playing. So technically, that card can be dealt with. Um, the township after two, three attacks and pumping, uh, your werewolves are flipping every turn. Your guys are getting huge and out of control, and um, I yeah, guess the just, thing with Gavity Township too is like if you're playing it in a werewolf deck, like you don't even care. Yeah, you like, don't, you don't even you don't even care. Point. You're like fuck y'all. It doesn't matter. I got a, a two three. Oh, now it's a seven seven. It flips and it's like a fifteen fifteen. Like yeah, it doesn't it doesn't even matter. Like you don't you don't care if they're playing spells to flip your guys back or not, right? Yeah, and Midnight Haunting is why white is as good as it is. I mean, like uh, if yeah, that card in this format is just so good. But, you know. That's the one that puts in two one one spirits. Right, yeah. yeah. For like three or something? Yeah, three. So yeah, that's like speed. It fills yeah. the the gap. Like it, the curve for white also, and I don't know if they planned it this way. Well, they obviously planned it this way, but <laughs> the, the curve in curve white allows you to just play bombs from turns one to three. Um, well, you're like Doom Traveler, right? Like, right. For like, like turn one Doom Traveler, turn two what? Oh, a Cloistered Youth could be. It depends on how aggressive your deck is. Um, so you have like Cloistered Youth on turn two. Uh, I, I don't. Only white card I don't really like is the um, what's that? Unruly Mob. Is that was called two mana yeah. one again. Um, but yeah, you have like the the two three flyer is a common, uh, which is really nice. The two one first striker is a common, right? I think it's common. Pretty sure it's common. Um, you have the Doom Traveler as a common. You have if your green white travel preparations is common. Uh like so like you have a lot of powerful commons in that slot, which again that's how you you determine color strength because even though Olivia is just the shit and probably the best card in limited, I mean it's a mythic, so you really can't consider um black red the best you know, archetype because of Olivia, but mm-hmm. you can definitely do it because of, you know, the commons that follow suit. Yeah, and Geist Honored Bunk is just dumb, right? Yeah. yeah, like all of that shit is just dumb. But I've never, <clears throat> I've never, ever, ever played white in draft before. Um, <laughs> ever, I, ever, ever. Like I never have. Like I've, I've always, I've always been like going to my draft. Like I'm like, okay, like Doom Traveler or Dead Weight, and I'm like, I just don't know why. Yeah, yeah. No, you take like, Dead Weight, of course. Dead. And then yeah. I'm like, 
And then, like, I'll see, like, that 2-2 two, two for 2 Intimidate guy. Uh, and, like, right. and, like, uh, and, like, I don't know, like, Geist Flame or something, right? And I'm just, like, <laughs> he's, he's got to be better than Geist Flame, but I think that... Nah, that Geist is better. Was, like, removal's so good in this format. Like, like, like on Sunday, because I'm a fucking dirtle, and because sometimes <laughs> at Broken City, they don't give us enough time to build decks. Like, sometimes they're like, hey, how much time's left in the deck building? Now. I don't know. And they're like, all right, just fucking starts now then. And you're like, oh, man, no one's sleeping in their decks yet, so I guess we'll just all draw. But anyway, so I'm I'm sitting here playing, and somebody asked me for help, so that ate up like 10 minutes of my time. And I ended up playing like a 44-card like a deck instead of 40, because I just didn't have time to cut the last four cards. But it was because I had like, say, 12 to 15 guys that I wanted to play but I had 15 pieces of removal, and I like ref- for some reason I just refused to cut any of them. <laughs> and uh, like afterwards, like we rebuilt a little bit. P Mac, who was on the show last week, who won uh, PT Honol- or PTQ for Honolulu, and he top eighted nationals, Canadian nationals, right? You're right, right. Yeah, so he was there, and we drafted a little bit. Whatever, he went like oh three or something because he's the worst. Um, I went three um, but, uh, he, like, rebuilt <laughs> it and, like, cut four cards really easily, but I just find, like, removal is just so, like, it's at a premium, like, I don't know why people don't play an, more of it, you know what I mean? Like, is that, yeah. is that a reason, am I just an idiot? Like, is that a reasonable statement for this format? I don't know, you can call me an idiot on my own show, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, removal's good, <laughs> idiot, <laughs> <What an> idiot. <laughs> uh, remo- <laughs> removal's good, uh, some of the problem is, like, with the rules, pretty like I guess not top heavy is a good way to describe it. It kills a lot of little things. Um, I think having the removal is just awesome, and I think removal from turns one to three is is like sick. And then I start my curve after that if I had my way a billion deck. Um, but yeah, like I said, we use Olivia as an example. Like in Olivia, random five five dragons there there, and the four four flyers and those things they're almost unkillable in this format because there's like two spells that kill them in the common and uncommon slot, which is really depressing sometimes um, when you see an invisible stalker with a knife on it or. I'm going to use that reference like four or five more times because it, it was just a mistake to put that in. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't go with the colors. It doesn't go with any archetype. It's just stupid. It's just right. there. It's just fucking dumb. It's like, ugh. So, like, what's wrong with them? Um, but, yeah, like, the, the things that are too big are just too big. And it's, it's kind of, uh, it, it puts removal in an interesting place. There's no spread of sickness. Like, you know, some five-mana removal spell. There's, just like, there's like, one for red into the Maw of Hell, I think it's called, right? The 13 damage thing. It's, like, six uh, mana. Yeah, yeah and, that's not, and it's an uncommon. So, uh, in the common, I guess the common kill-all removal, quote-unquote, is the kill a non-vampire, non-werewolf, um, you know, that spell. Uh, but it's still, you know, obviously very limited also. So I think it's kind of, it's kind of cool because you're, you're not safe. Like, you know, you're, you're not safe by just drafting like, uh, target removals like Doom Blades and things that usually kill everything. So you gotta really like draft removal, but then, like you said, you have 15 creatures, you gotta make sure your creatures don't suck because if you're dicks, <laughs> a bunch of removal spells and, uh, um, bad guys, yeah, yeah. bad guys, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be, you know, it's magic's magic, you can win anywhere, but, uh, your deck is definitely not optimal. Yeah, for sure. I think like, and that's the thing is like with me, I was looking at it and I, I you know, I didn't, I, I think I overvalued some removal uh, a lot. And what I ended up doing is just ended up picking up a bunch of like somewhat dirtles, like the two three devils, the three two vampires Ugh. that stops a blocker. Like I got one of them. Um, I took 
like two of those abattoir ghouls, those three two first strikers, and you gain life equal to toughness. Those guys are good. I like I like them a lot. I just that four, like they were like my premium. And then I didn't really have like a bomb or anything. I had two of the I had two of the morbid demons that when something dies, you can come in and minus four, minus four something. Yeah, those guys are insane. Yeah, yeah they are. And but like that was my bomb, right? Like How I didn't you have. Win? Like that was my. And so what I was doing is just like I basically went down to thirteen, <coughs> fifteen removal spells, and then. I I got lucky sometimes, but mainly I just won from being able to just like keep everybody off of every creature they played. <laughs> like I like and I and like like I think that's my big strength. Like I don't know if I if I'm good enough to to draft like a white X deck and and play you know whatever. But I think I can definitely black or draft like the black red a hundred removal deck and then just beat you with like a two two infinitely like. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna work against the uh, invisible <laughs> soccer deck. So I mean, I never, I never see it. That's the I got lucky. I never see it. I guess <laughs> must must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's fuck that guy. So stupid. Like one time at a pre-release, a guy had the invisible stalker with a cleaver with two curiosities on it. That oh. was fucking gay. Wow. That's fun to watch. Yeah, that's fun to watch. Yeah, and it's yeah, in eight four. This is you know I've drafted a couple more eight fours today and noticed that the uh, rolling. Templar, right? You're right, right. Yeah. That thing that thing tables like nonstop. And I you know, when you see a pyroclasm in the format, you're like, man, it's so good. And it's not that good. <laughs> like it's it's so good against like half the decks and then half the decks it literally kills nothing. Like in the skies deck, any kind of flyer yeah. deck, it just does kill it kills nothing. And the the like the really good white decks, which are mostly evasion creatures and creatures that die and make flyers, like you know, the four mana two two and the one you know, Doom Traveler, it does nothing. Against your deck, the black red removal deck, you'll kill like you know, what are you gonna kill? Uh one of the Two two zombies for two, and then they're just gonna play their zombie gravedigger and get it back. So that's a card I find pretty surprising that it's not pyro. It's the worst pyroclasm I've seen in any format because yeah, I've seen it sitting in a lot of sideboards too. Like they just like it just and like that's never happened. Like I've never seen a pyroclasm sit in a sideboard. Yeah, you know? I usually first pick them in all formats. So it'd be sulfurous blast or volcanic uh, yeah. fallout. They're all main deckable. Yes, yeah, it's, it's terrible. Well, mediocre. <laughs> I say that then you play against the Invisible Stalker deck, and then and uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It sounds like a pretty good answer to your nemesis. It is. Yes, you always have one. I did. I played in the finals of an eight four uh, today, and I boarded. I was playing green white, and I boarded in a mountain, and the Rolling Templar I had on the board. Nice. And I didn't draw it, so I just died. But well. <laughs> Shaheen, I just want to ask you, have you faced a lot, these guys know what I'm going to ask, have you faced a lot of mill decks, and what do you think of those? No. Mill. <laughs> no. 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 Play against one. No way Forrest drafts the mill deck. <laughs> and the reason why Moto, you'll notice, if, I, if this happened in M11, I played against mill decks every now and then, and once or twice in M12, and then when they when I beat them game one because their deck's bad, and we click, <laughs> we click Submit, They'll look on my side of the board and says, "Oh, 68 cards." <laughs> oh. oh, he boarded his whole sideboard, <laughs> and now I can't win. <laughs> and now play like a, I don't know, a, a random like reassembly skeleton, then put like goblin war paint on it from the sideboard and just, you know, kill him. But yeah, I, I think mill and draft is pretty, pretty too risky. I, I think if you're a decent player, mm. I think it's not worth. Wasting your money and you know 
trying a strategy that I think is pretty bad. But like that being said, because no one drafts it then because of that opinion, is it possible that if you like went out to draft it, that you could draft the nut mill? I think so, but the problem is that like the two, three guy for three people play him anyway. Like in like the, a lot of your cards are gonna be siphoned off just because they're not too bad in uh, you know people's decks. Yeah, uh, obviously you'll get the flashback mill thing, but you're not gonna like for the most part you're gonna be. I don't know. Gonna, I think you're gonna be missing some pieces, some key pieces. Is there a rare that boosts milling? Cause I, like, There's a just, rare zombie that whenever a zombie of yours connects, he, oh, the uh, guy. You, yeah, you was you KYT. You you played with that guy recently, right? And there's That's, the mind shrieker too. I that s- thing's fucking bad. Did I say he sucked on the show, or did I say it was good? No, I you, I were, said you were. He sucked. You were playing with him afterwards. Like, we, okay. we were still oh, talking after the right, cast, right. and you're like, so, wow, this card's retarded. I used to think he was underwhelming because he's a 4-2. I'm like, how is he ever connecting? And then I need to draft, like, the good zombies. But, like, no. my deck isn't creature-based. I'm never going to get, like, the 3-4 zombie out. But then, like, it has good synergy with the bell, and that's what you're going to draft a lot with the mill deck. So you can just, like, bell their creature into their bin and then get, like, a bunch of 2-2s. And so I thought it was, like, like it was pretty crazy in the draft I had it <laughs> when I just had, like, three bells, and it yeah. was, like, making insane amounts of zombies. It's also good against, if you're playing against blue decks, they mill themselves a lot anyway with the 1-4 guy that mills themselves, right. the scab yeah. for life, and the, uh, also and like the... Forbidden the, Alchemy and shit. Yeah, and the two-drop, two, deranged assistant. So yeah. So it's not bad, but like by himself, it's like it's like oh, he's like a four-two. It's like you're never really attacking with it. They got like like if you're against a guy like Jay, he's got ride devils. <laughs> I lost to a laboratory maniac one game at the pre-release I played in because he had a really good seal pull that milled himself and oh. he killed me. He killed me on like turn eight or nine. It was pretty early with uh. Pretty- with the laboratory Do you have memories journey to bring it back to the top? Yeah, mem- yeah, yeah. Memories journey. He had uh, he's playing three color. He had the uh, reanimation for or the uh, reanimation with flashback too. Wow. Um, Mulches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I didn't see mulch. I don't think he had the. I don't think he had green mana to flashback. I think he was playing uh, blue, white, black. Oh, okay, okay. But or I don't know. It, it was a crazy deck. He had like a shrimmer and grotto in there, but he killed in one game. <laughs> And I was pretty pretty upset about that, but it's pre-release. And like we talked about, magic's fun now. I can lose; it doesn't matter. <laughs> is that is that making you play more? Like you you said you do you know play the occasional FNM. You're going there fairly regularly now. Yeah, I'll play like before. I mean, in my area, not many people would want to play me and take the win because they know me. I'm like uh, the guy that was, people just honestly was just was scooped to me if it, before we even played. Um, and I never liked that, and that's why I really didn't play. And, you know, they would feel bad about taking a win from me. Um, but now, like, I'll go to FNM and I'll play, and, you know, I get the shit beat out of me, and it's fun. I don't really care. It doesn't matter anymore. So, um, yeah, but FNM's more... Um, casual for me now, I guess, so I can actually play it and have a good time. And I usually play like three rounds or four rounds and then drop and we cube draft afterward. Nice. Nice. So, um, it hit me while we were talking, um, while you guys were actually talking about Limited. And, um, so the reason that Tesseret has been really good lately is a significant lack of dismember in the format. Would you agree or disagree with that statement? Please um, disagree. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much I care about my Nick or Wallsprings being dismembered. Um, because remember, Tezra in this format or in this deck in particular, uh, you don't care when your guys really get killed. And if they're dismembering those creatures, then it leaves you know opportunity for others to do well. Uh, get there with like Snapcasters and silly Azure Mages when I played it before. And the yeah. current deck, um. Yeah, like, I mean, if they play, like, three dismembers in their deck, uh, and they're killing, like I said, Acre Wellsprings, I'm, I'm not going to cry about it, but... Um, well, you can imprint th- it on the Mimic Vat at that point, right? And then it just draws then some cards. Then it's really good, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, and then you can, you know, Frexia core it and draw another card. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I think, like, if, in a real Tezzera deck, Dismember was really good against it, where... You really have to get in there quick. But in this deck, you that's the beauty of this. They board in their ancient grudges, and they board in their hate and everything, and then you're just like, uh, Simulacrum Consecrate stinks, you lose. Like, it's game over. You know, thanks for playing. Where, you know, there's no, they don't even see an artifact that game. Um, and that's that's the best part about the deck. Interesting. Or you're like Grave Titan, or you're like, you beat him with a Karn, you beat him with a Jace, you beat him with like the, every other thing, cause it's, you've seen every other Tensor list for the last year or so. Yeah. They're yeah. all, they don't run any of those cards, and they run warm coils and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, yeah, basically a, a lot of them have picked, you know, one or the other. Like I've seen, I've seen lists, you know, they've done like two warm coils. Like my last one did like two warm coils main, one consecrated sphinx, and then one on the board. You know, cause like that card's just dumb. But, yeah, to play, you know, the no artifact finishers, I, I think you're right. I think it's uh, it really is what sets this list apart because you don't have to worry about those cards like Ancient Grudge. I think, you, yeah, you hit it on the head. That's great. But if they don't deal with your artifacts, you kill them early with Tezzeret. So that's funny. Absolutely. Cool. The hilarious house of Breitenstein will continue in a moment if the slot lifts it. <laughs> You got any scumbag stories for us? Yeah. I saw that in the little questionnaire. What do you mean by scumbag stories? <laughs> Have you ever scumbagged someone? Have I scumbagged someone? <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I am literally the nicest opponent and magic player that's ever played this game. <laughs> you can't um, be nicer than KYT. <laughs> KYT see me. I am very hyper. very chill. And goofy. And I, don't, I don't really do anything. <clears throat> anything scummy to people. Um, all right, well, okay, I got one. <laughs> Everyone's got one. This is my fourth draft open championship match, I guess. So I've won three before this, and I play against a guy. His name's Ray. I don't remember his last name. Um, but he's a Marylander player. He's pretty good, too. And he, we have a split agreement where, it, you know, he's he's already going to concede anyway because um, I need the open points, and um, I want the plaque. Regardless, anyway, so he's going to concede, and you know we start playing the match, and then after game one, you know I'm playing. I keep a, a six land hand. We're just goofing off. It doesn't really matter. Um, and you know, so I, and my deck's insane, by the way. And I keep a six land hand, and he in the middle of that, at, right after game one, he says, "Oh, I want the plaque," and I'm like. I'm not giving you the plaque. <laughs> we didn't agree on this. So he tries to, you know, do the old the old rope-a-dope on me and uh, want this, you know, to count. So at the end, I, I get it, and he literally just 
tells every opponent that he has the rest of the night how much of a scumbag I am, and I scummed him out of a trophy, and yada, yada, yada. But that's what? about a scum. Yeah, it feels pretty, pretty nuts. Everyone's just like, shut up. People <laughs> 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 like all my friends and stuff. But that's scumbag about by proxy. Yeah, that's about as. I mean, I guess you could say I scummed him out of a trophy, but it wasn't really. I mean, I, I don't. You can't throw Man, deals and you can't throw deals in the in the contract after it's signed. I don't. You know, just, you know, move on with your life. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded a lot like Tom Martell there. Yeah, yeah. My I, that's actually one guy I've never had the pleasure of uh, talking to, but. No, no scum stories here. I, my favorite story is when, uh, this is a short one, at, at Pro Tour Amsterdam, I'm going up for a deck tech with BDM, and before me is Kai Boudet, and he's up there on the screen with 75 Pro Tour top eights and <laughs> G- the son of God and all his, you know, all his accomplishments. And then I'm, like, waiting to go up there. I'm like, man, can't wait for my name to be up there. <laughs> it's like... Pro Tour ninth place, <laughs> Nationals top like, and expensive sorcery master. master. <laughs> well, this is where the name comes from. So, um, he while while I'm waiting to get myself set up, uh, I beat his friend who is the German national champion in that tournament. And Kai and his friend are standing there, and I was talking to the friend of his. And Kai picks up my deck and starts flipping through it, and he's talking to his friend because he's, you know, I find, come to find out he was talking to him about like, how can you lose this deck? Like kind of that kind of discussion. And then he gets flips through my deck, and it's uh my four color Grixis deck. Um, and he flips through and he gets to a card. He goes, well, what the fuck? And he says it in English. I'm like, <laughs> and he sees the main deck. Uh, Thought hemorrhages, three of them in the main deck, and he's like, "What the hell? <laughs> like, you losing to this guy?" And Nasif and uh, BDM was trying to think of a nickname for me, and Nasif uh, was sitting there also, and he gives the the suggestion of the expensive sorcery master. Oh wow! So that was his that was his um, name, and you know I I've carried it since. And then like like a couple months ago, he's like. I never gave you that name. I'm like, yeah, you did. And he's like, oh, well, now he's making stuff up. Like, were you and Kyle were joking my main deck thought hemorrhages? He's like, oh, oh yeah, all right. <laughs> like, That's cool. <laughs> yeah, they they laugh until round one. I played against uh, round one. I played against what's that deck called? Ad nauseum. And turn four on the play. You know what happened to him? <laughs> he just like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 This is a joke. <laughs> no. I never had Somehow a scoop turn four at a Pro Tour game one before. So it's <laughs> awesome. So awesome. So have you? Have, so you've never scouted anybody. Is is what we're saying here? You're you're like Jesus. But you know, many people tried to scumbag, and they're still trying to scumbag Jesus. So you have to have some of those stories. Oh. <sighs> I mean, um, the story where you scumbagged that guy out of a trophy, that's kind of him scumbagging. <laughs> yeah, he, he I mean, tried like, to scumbag me, and then he just yeah. had a hit. And then you, you just scumbagged him back. You were like, I never fucking... Uh, <laughs> all right, world champion in 2006. His name was uh, Mahar. I can't pronounce these Japanese people. Hold on, let me see. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> the Blue Red Dragonstorm player. I don't remember his name. Mahar, um, something, yeah. Yeah, Maharo. We'll just call Maharo for this. Um, <laughs> so I'm playing him in the last round of the tournament, and we're going to go, you know, I'm shuffling up with the feature match, and, you know, if I win, I'm obviously in top eight of worlds, and if I draw, 
there are four things that have to go wrong for me to not top eight. But the guy tells me, he's like, yeah, yeah, draw. We'll be good. Draw. And I'm like, you know, you sound like a nice guy. I, I think I'll be good. So I had um, your chick was there, and he helped me um, kind of figure out my breakers and see if it would work. And But the, my opponent was just so confident that I was going to make it. So um, at the end of it, and after checking, I decided to draw. And I guess you can call it scummy. He scummed me out of top eight of worlds and <laughs> ended up winning it. <laughs> but oh my I mean, God. It, it was my decision to draw. But there are four things that had any of the four things that if they went the other way, I would have top eight. If uh, Christian Fluten won his match, I would have top eight. If Nasif well, why would have you lost, your match, Christian Fluten? Yeah, I know. There's more. Hey, if, if Nasif would have lost, he was already fi- he was five zero on the day. If he would have lost, he would have. I would have top eight. Nasif, uh, what are you doing? All these, all these people, all these people. And then if uh, my breakers would have held, I would have top eighted. So it was a calculated uh, risk. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of things that had to go wrong. Okay. So I guess he didn't really. Cause my breakers were ahead. <laughs> so is that a case where like you should have just known better? I should because like. The reason I ask that is because, like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with breakers at all. Like, I can't do that that math ever. I'm like, you know, people are like, how you doing? I'm like, I'm 4-0. And like, oh, cool. Can you make it in on breakers? And like, fuck yep, do I know? I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah don't... totally. I'm a break master. Yeah. He was Japanese, like... though. He should have known. <laughs> I thought I trust him. <laughs> they, they, they do that stuff for fun. So I was assuming that. Japanese, <laughs> though. <laughs> I was assuming that it was going to be hey, safe. Do math. Do math. <laughs> yeah, it was a calculated risk. It, it was a. I don't want to just lose my winning and also, and then get up with two grand. I, you know, I got nine, seven thousand bucks. Helped out a lot. Um, but it's, it was a, you know, obviously if I had to do it over again, I would have played it. It's not like I think about it every day, every night, <laughs> <laughs> in the shower, walking <laughs> at work. <laughs> Damn that Japanese guy. <laughs> he was so trustworthy. He was. His math was, was, be math was phenomenal. <laughs> math was so good. His math was so good. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Let's see, me being scummed. Man, I just I wish I could. Uh, you that gave was... me notes and everything. I just really can't think of a time. I've really never been completely given the shaft in Magic in, in a big tournament. I've never had anyone not honor a split or somebody who, um, you know, was dishonest in a match besides the usual, like any good player that's dishonest in a match. I mean, every random Grand Prix, I'll have some guy that tries to cheat me, cheat here, cheat there. Um but nothing, nothing really amazing, actually. How lucky! I left a, I left one of my colleagues at a uh, at a club at four o'clock in the morning, and uh, without him having a wallet or money to get home once, that was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Claudio Fuentes. I don't know if you've heard of him, but uh, that was pretty fun. Oh, is that like an extreme credit card game? Like you lost, you yeah. have to figure it out. We, left, we actually, it, it was funny. Chapin, it was Chapin meme. And two other guys when we go to the club, and uh, Claso, uh is in the back, and he has no money left. So we decided to get in the cab that got there and leave. And it was in the middle of downtown Denver at four o'clock in the morning, and 
Yeah, that's pretty scum. <laughs> so yeah, I did scumbag someone then. What if he yeah, died? Like yeah, like your your yeah. most epic scumbag story is that you killed your friend. I killed a guy, yeah. <laughs> killed like, a guy. Just straight up killed a guy. That's we're we're gonna fucking slander that all over the place. <laughs> Have you heard of uh, Colosso? He's uh he's a kind of a grinder in our area. I don't know if you've heard of him. Or yeah, not. yeah, you probably, yeah, we... probably haven't because he's dead. You know. Yeah, he's, he did survive. Actually, same story <laughs> about this guy. There's another one. So you keep reminding me of things. Um. I bet Colosso 100 bucks in Florida at a Grand Prix that he wouldn't finish in the money. So he day two'd um, the Grand Prix. So I go with my friend Oren to an um, ATM to pick up the money, and we get back, and I see him in the day two portion of the draft. I see him sitting with everyone else while everyone's drafting. I'm like, what happened? He's like, oh, I got DQ'd without pay. I'm like, <laughs> what? He's like looking at people's cards. I'm like, <laughs> ouch. Like, hey, that bitch. Yeah, like, I have $100 in my hand. I'm like, oh, how on that. It's like, it's like Christmas. How is this possible? <laughs> <laughs> did you guys hear about GP Santiago? Yep. And that guy that did that, did we already talk about that? Was it when nope. you guys started the cast about me, you know? No, you know no, that? go ahead. No, James, bring the news. <laughs> So in case people haven't been following the news, uh, somebody, and I believe it's in the top eight of GP Santiago, got DQ'd for uh, being a creepy peeker. And uh, and then everybody was going nuts and, like, trying to find some some ridiculous news story about this and being like, it's about the DFCs, and I told you werewolves is a bad idea, and Herbert it uh, And it turns out that it wasn't about the werewolf cards at all. The guy was just, like, being a douche. But um, I don't know who it is. I'm trying to figure out who it was and what the circumstances were, but the judges are very tight-lipped about it. Anybody else hear anything about it? Yeah, I, I heard he was uh, he was just looking at opponents' cards as they were drafting, and um, he got de- yeah he got DQ'd. How do you do that, that in a top eight of a GP? Like how like like how what do you think you're doing? Like like no one is watching you. Like what do you? I don't. You know I've. I've honestly never, honestly cheated in a tournament, and it's not because I'm morally good. So I'm scared of getting caught in top eight of a GP. I would never do it. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it in general because it's just something that's, I don't know. What, like you get caught, your name is just shit for life, you know? Forever, it's, forever. Yeah. It's like, and no one will ever let. It just never goes away. You just don't play Magic anymore. So I mean, I'm being sarcastic. I obviously, don't do it because I'm not a scumbag either. But like, I mean, getting caught just seems like the worst possible thing in the world that could happen to someone in their magic career. Yeah, and I mean, like, I just... What's your side like, If you're going to, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if you're going to... I mean, if you're an honorable Japanese guy, yeah, by all means, do yeah. whatever you want. But um, if, you, if you're going to cheat in it, like, cheat, why would you cheat in a top eight of a GP? Everyone I watching like, I don't see how you can think you can get away with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. I want to see KYT cheat and with like the nut mill. Just like yeah, nut mill wins a GP. <laughs> uh, you would be Conley Woods if you tried, and, <laughs> and you would fail. But you would try. And that's the important You'd be part. Asian boats. <laughs> it's like uh, what happened to him. He had that nut mill deck and that nationals thing, and his opponent's just like, "Elixir of immortality, shuffle all my shit." Let's wow. mortality. Shuffle all my shit. Did it twice. Same match. Oh my god. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's always an answer, and I I wouldn't be able. To, it's kind of like a invisible soccer dagger. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> like, how so, am I gonna win this? Nope, I got it. I'm just not. <laughs> <laughs>
Tell me another story, please. Hey, I have a question. You, you said that you're the nicest guy of all time. So this is a this is an interesting question I have. <clears throat> when you win a match, do you say GG or do you wait for them to say it? Um. Wow. Well, funny story. Or do you just walk away? And this is a facade. You keep opening story time. So, um, <laughs> Pittsburgh recently. This is this year. I play Michael Jacob in second match oh. day one. Oh. And he keeps a one lander with a bird. He goes forest bird. Like okay. He goes ponder and I manually gets ponder. No, I just had a feeling. Oh I had a feeling. I had a feeling wow. that was one lander. So then he just. Like taps his force and plays a lander world, and I untap and play Black and Zenith for one. <laughs> and then he's just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, he draws like, "Yeah." Did he pull the traditional? Must be nice. No, he didn't say a word to me. He just uh, after two turns, he scooped his cards into the next game. Next game, he had like seventy-five land out with a birthing pot, and just never got anything going. So then I go, you know, sorry man, good game. You know, I don't say good game. I just say sorry man. Send my hand. He he does this like he squints his eyes. He shakes his head left to right and gives me the and puts his finger up and goes like the the no 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 finger and he goes no thanks. Oh my! <laughs> like I'm like and then I'm like no thanks. No <laughs> what? thanks. What do you? Yeah, we're not like strangers there, champ. Now, like, come now on, that <laughs> that is a that's a scumbag story. Yeah, he's he's a. Oh my god, that is fucking I think he wrote an article about shit like that <laughs> that he didn't like that or something. You know what? Too fucking bad. Don't be <laughs> fucking shake your hand. I've shaken hands on way worse than that. I mean, it's it's more of a. It's not that we had a good game. It's a you know, I'll see you next time kind of thing. It's not a. It's yeah, just exactly. Like I just I just never understood that. And a lot of people like it's a really polarizing uh, thing. What do you yeah. call that topic? Yeah, yeah, I've done this before. I've been on a good a game. A good game is pretty. It'll sting people's ears when they don't feel like there's. Yeah. So I just I usually if I you know if my opponent's unlucky uh you know I say sorry man I apologize you know I uh, don't try to show jubilation on my face in any any manner and just you know don't make them feel like you know, assholes you know so I, that's that's how you should do it I think you know I don't but as far as the Michael Jacob response yeah I don't think that's uh that's not the norm that's just him. Strange fella. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I was oh my listening. God. No, I thanks. was listening to another podcast actually this week, and uh, they had made some comments about Michael Jacob in particular, and how he's uh, he's rather salty. And and it's interesting because like the experience that I had with him because I met him in LSV at uh, GP Toronto together. And they were great. And I mean, like the, one of the guys that I was with did a, a big long interview with him on, you know, cause like this is just when he had just started brewing up the rug deck, I guess, like with Jace, the mind sculptor and standard. Cause he practically started that. Right. And so we, he had a big interview with them about the deck and how it works and all that jazz. And, and like, he was a nice enough guy. Like he seemed fine. And you know, it wasn't until I listened to this podcast and they're like, yeah, have you ever watched his videos? No, because like all, well, <laughs> so if you watch them all again, you'll realize that he likes to say things like, you know, must be nice or, uh, you know, way to draw the best hand possible. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. See, yeah, I, I agree. Like if you talk to him outside of that, he's okay. I mean, he's still really weird, but he's okay. And, uh, he was fine when he beat me at an amp <laughs> uh, in the feature match. I mean, he was, he, he was just fine. 
<laughs> polite and everything and extended his hand. So I think he's just, I think he's a big baby sometimes, but he'll be okay. I'm sure we'll hear this and, you know, uh, I wish you give us way too much credit. Well, yeah, you know, he'll, he'll hear of it. Listen. You, you'd be surprised. Word travels no matter, you know, where you are just from when people talk about each other. Like when I, uh, when Chapin, Chapin went on a rant about me on, I don't know if it was a podcast or something. They got back to me about how if anyone who doesn't think preordain is a, you know, a form in a control, all control decks, and they don't deserve to write, like, uh, articles or something like that. And it's weird because, you know, the next, the week before that, he'll say something like, you know, my good friend Shaheen. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, oh, which one is it? Am I a, you know, talentless, like, no accreditation writer now? I mean, because I (laughs) disagree with the card. That's really strange because, like, we've never known, you know, Patrick to be, you know, a polarizing personality. So, like, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a, he yeah. came up, ran up to me in Amsterdam, and let me, in Amsterdam was amazing, by the way, because I don't know how Wizards did it, but they threw on a, uh, uh, a rave Saturday night, and like a, a real rave. Like, they cleared out the halls, had liquor everywhere, uh, everyone was high, everyone was drunk, and they had Pat Chapin and Sam Black and everyone dancing and Break dancing on the ground to techno and stuff is the fucking craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> so then after it's all over, he comes to me sweaty as can be, and he's like, "Hey, you want to play this game?" I'm like, "What game?" And you know, in the creepiest voice possible, he's like, "It's called No Variance," and he teaches me this game where there's no. Um... Yeah, have you heard of it? Because it's no, really stupid. You're gonna game. have okay. to explain it to us now because. Our listeners are just going to fucking They're kill like, you. It's no variance. Like pretty much you draw an opening hand of seven, and you can only play one spell a turn. Um, and you have infinite mana. Okay, I've played that before. Yeah, so... Like on a stack-type scenario, or do you play as constructed? The Americs, you only can play one spell a turn. So it's like, yeah. uh, you know, so pretty much, you know, he whips my ass, because apparently what you're supposed to do is play all these crazy lands that allow you to put more lands into play, like, I forgot what it's called, like tap three, put another land from your hand into play. Cause you want generator. Right, yeah. So once you play a land, or once you play a spell, it's, it, it'll, it'll rack your brain. So this, he ain't a, who knows what he's done at this point, cause in Amsterdam, everyone, like I said, was quite uh... inebriated in some way. Oh, but I'm like, why are you so sweaty? Why is your shirt stained? <laughs> like, it looks like, like, look like so survived, sweaty? like, yeah, why is his shirt was like ripped and stuff and his, no, what like the fuck? All by bear or something. I don't know. But it's, he, he's a he's a very he's a cool guy. I like him. He's a very interesting guy. Does does Sam Black like is he is he a capable dancer? Like like you said that that he and Patrick were like break dancing and shit. Like is he can he move? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess. Not just wondering because you know yeah, he looks it was, like it was pretty good actually. He I looks mean, like he's incapable of. Fun of movement, yeah, no, yeah, incapable of fun, yeah. He's he's um, like I said, you know how I don't play test when I top a, a national season, my first round opponent, and he told me about all the play tests that he did and how you know he's like, I don't know how, how, but you have six sources of blue in your deck and you play four ancestral visions and <laughs> six sources of turn one blue. He's like, but when I was testing it, I had it every time. I'm like, well. When I was goldfishing, <laughs> I explained to him the, the whole story, and he's like, so you don't test? He's like, you don't know how this match is going to go? I'm like, hell no, I didn't test. I went out and drank and had a good time when I top it and came back to the hotel like two in the morning. Like, come on now. 
it's magic. It's not like, you know. There's there's only a few people that, that we've had on this cast that share your faith in your abilities and your capacity to comprehend matchups and just play without the testing. And you are now in the same elite class as Jerry Thompson and Paulo. So, like, <laughs> that's, that's sick. Class, man. Yeah. Paulo are always asking, Nick, some of you guys run into him or have him on the show, ask him what he thinks about my decks every time he looks at him. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> that's a statement every time. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, he looked at Mass Polymorph. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> like, you're going to fly halfway across the world to play this deck? <laughs> well, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, man. <laughs> did Ali tell you how he did with Pet Mass Flymorph when I made him play it in Paris? No. No. He went. He went 0-4. <laughs> 0-4 oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh, yeah. You sound so happy. <laughs> I do. It's like it's it's the it's the poison fruit, my friend. Only some can <laughs> only some can uh, survive its its bad side effects. Oh goodness. Okay, so if you had to uh if you had to travel across the world in a boat with, you know, somebody from a magic community go to worlds, um, and it was just the two of you on that long arduous track, who would it be and why? <sighs> Let's see. Probably probably Brian Kibler. Because you know, I mean, he's a good looking guy. Um <laughs> 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 He seems like he would be able to communicate with the natives where we land, you know, to be able to, like, haggle our way. You know, are we, like, broke? You know, are we, like, deserted and, like, heading there? Are we, are we <laughs> talking about magic? I mean, yeah, what's the scenario? No, it's, it's just like, like, it's just like who, who, would you, with one person? <laughs> who would you like to be, yeah, on, on a trip to, a, like, on a trip to a pro tour, who would you, on a plane? you know, who, uh, sure, okay. who would you be, who would you prefer to be stranded with for, like, in the company of for 12, for, like, 12 days? Tough question. I had a really good time with uh, Ben Rubin uh, in real in the real world, actually. Like, uh, and I was room with him in uh, Paris, the Worlds in '06. And I was with him for the five day stretch. Uh, any of the all the old pros are really cool people, like that I've gotten to know. Uh, Morgan Douglas is another one that room with us, and Chris Waltrick. Uh, so I, I say any of the old school people, just because these newer guys are all way too young. I mean, I'm 28 years old, and uh, just the shenanigans of the 20 and 21 year olds, I can't really keep up with anymore. So I'll have to go with the Ben Rubin, maybe a Kibler, Paul, or those those guys. Those guys nice. have had a lot of interaction with. So assume you're on the same boat. Who would you be dragging behind as an anchor? Uh, let's see. Who do I hate the most? I dislike uh, AJ Sacher. <laughs> he okay. is. Uh, just let it uh, all out. This cast, a, I don't know. Oh, if you're oh here, I'll it, tell you a story about him. So apparently, all. apparently at Grand Prix Pittsburgh, he uh, this is girl. Uh, her name is Mary Jacobson, and he apparently uh, she was he, she was like he lost his win into day two. And this is all from, I was at two tables away from this. So this is from what I heard from uh, what uh, Owen Turtonwall was telling me. <laughs> and he said that Sacher was being uh, berated by Mary. And Mary's like, you suck. You can't even day two of Grand Prix. Yada, yada, yada. You're awful. Why don't you just quit? And AJ was, like, bottling up the, the, the rage, the anger. Um, and after he, you know, he hit the tilt, you know, the, the boiling point, she said one more thing, and he just opened his soda and then dumped it on her head. 
like so, empty the entire can of soda on her wow. head. Wow! And, and then, so he was tossed out of there. And oh my god! Site, and he tried to go in the next day, and they wouldn't let him in again. So you know, Turtlewall's loving it. Like when he's telling Ugh. the story, he's way more entertained than I am. And then, then what happened next was a <laughs> 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 job. So, but I mean, yeah, he's. Just in, he's just someone that I'm not a big fan of in general. That's one of the many things. Oh, smug, man, I don't like smugness and magic. I mean, it sure is, it's an awesome game. Sure, millions of people play it, and there's a lot of prestige in doing well. But it's still a game, nevertheless. Yeah. So yeah. people think that they're you know above the world, like uh, the Jacobs and the the Satchers there. <laughs> I heard it was an entire two liter bo- two liter bottle, by the way, not just a can. Oh yeah, see, I honestly, I didn't. See, all I heard was a, like a commotion behind me. When I turned around, it was all, all settled. It was everywhere. The dust, yeah. the dust settled. But it was <laughs> Turnwall is probably the funniest Magic player out of all of them, and he he made it much more funny too. He's on a tear this year, right? Oh yeah, he's 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 amazing at the game. Um, last year he did real well too. He just. Uh, I remember, I thought it was bad. The first time I ever played with him, we money drafted. It was me, him, and uh, Cedric Phillips. First time I ever like interacted with him, and he O3'd our money draft. I'm like, oh, this guy sucks. And then he just wins every tournament after that. The next two years, so uh, no, pretty good. So who nice. do you take? Who do you take first pick, first pack in the uh, in the player draft? If you have to draft players to be on your Magic team, it'd be Turnwald, hundred percent. Um, first, first pick, really? If we're talking about a Grand Prix, we're talking about a Pro Tour. Mm, why does Grand that? Prix, oh, that's a twist. Uh, Grand Prix, uh, Turnwall has mastered the ability to beat the average player, and I would take him over anyone. I mean, his Grand Prix top eights, especially in America, he's like his percentage is so high. Um, wow. Pro Tour, Pro Tour probably Luis is the safest, but I'm pretty sure he's banned from most player drafts. That's how I've heard. <laughs> Which is like the worst. That's so stupid. I hate it. It's like people that ban cards in EDH because they don't like them. Yeah, I mean, in football, you get the first pick, you know, Adrian Peterson still, so in and Magic, you should be able to first pick. Yeah. Uh, Scott Vargas, but, you know. Yeah, it's like, oh man, the Penguins select Sidney Crosby first overall, and then like, and then all the other teams just whine about it and are like, no. And then Sidney Crosby just doesn't get to play hockey anymore. <laughs> Sweet. Nice, nice system we have here in Magic. Fuckers. <laughs> he says some hockey. He says some hockey stuff. So I'm just gonna. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to. I just wanted to feel important and big. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about hockey, but it is. Uh, it was. I did play as a kid. Pretty fun. Do you? Uh, do you play EDH? Uh, yeah. I told them that I played for a month or two, and then spent a million dollars so I had to perfect the decks with mana drains and stuff. And oh yeah. And then I, it's just uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Games like that don't have a lot of a. Uh, structure for me so I end up like I don't know getting kind of bored lightheaded yeah. Yeah. Shaheen only has fun playing cube draft and limited he doesn't actually have fun playing constructed magic although he does it a lot hmm. I have fun building and then getting the lists out there and then um, having them do well like when it, when someone does well with my deck it brings me the like uh, it's like utopian this is bringing like bliss when I see the friend like like Warren Beasley at the open played my exact blue blacklist card for card and he went six and three, you know, loss and well he still got thirty second and I was I was like, Yeah, thirty second <laughs> <'Cause, laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like it some like level of accomplishment, but yeah. 
Well, that's pretty sweet, I guess. Like, what's the difference between you and the average deck builder, then? Like, uh, what, when, when did you make that leap? I think <clears throat> deck, deck builders, they're slightly different than me because they still don't really think outside the box. Um, and then when you see these new decks and you see people like with tech and their tech is like, you know, add one Karn to their deck or one Jace, I don't really consider that tech. I think that's just, you know, stupid. So I think like building your own deck <laughs> is, is like, that's it, it comes to rejecting what people put out there on the internet for decks um, until you build your own for a little bit. And then you can really, once you do that for a little bit, you can really evaluate um, deck lists a lot better when you see them on the internet. But until you, like, have the skill of building your own deck and, like, piecing together a mana base and spells and all that, I, I think you're not really a, a complete magic player until you at least give it a, an attempt. Like, the people that just um, blindly play the red deck wins decks and the zoo decks as long as, you know, just wait for lists to come out. I think they're they're really never going to reach that that next level. Well, I think that's the thing is if you look even if you look at good players that only play the best decks and play the best lists, they still because they have such a good understanding of the game, uh, still tweak or know how to play this or that versus this or that or you know they know how to make the change to this deck because everybody's going to be gaming against the deck they played last week that won or whatever, right? Right, right. And, and that's I think why... yeah, the people that just go blindly like that's why you see them get mad and they only play one deck and then they just lose you know they win two weeks in a row and then lose eight weeks in a row. The problem with the average people that pick up decks are that they they play the decks in these big tournaments, Grand Prix or Opens, and they're playing the same deck that the pros are playing, but they're not good. They're not good like the pros are. <laughs> so then you play the mirror match, and you play against players or decks that you should beat, and you get murdered, and you just think it's mana screw, mana flood, not drawing the right cards, opponent's lucky. But in reality, it's you're just you not suck. as good as the yeah, you're not as good as the player playing the deck. And the way to to make up for that lack of skill is to make your own deck and to tweak decks that are out there to the metagame so that instead of having to rely on outplaying your opponent, you play a blood gas on turn two in the blue-black mirror match, and then they just lose. They have nothing, and they just have no way to deal with that card. And I did it to Luis. I did it to Raptor. I did it to, um, God, I can't remember the other, uh, Ochoa, all those people. They lost in the same tournament to me playing against blood gas because they just weren't prepared for it. And I know I'm not better than them, but I know I play this little ace in the hole that they're <laughs> deep shit. <you> know? <laughs> Luckily, there's only one of you, right? So right, exactly. There's there's been a lot that I mean that that just echoes the sentiment that uh, you know we've been saying for a while. Like it's it's almost more important to play the deck that you're familiar with and you're comfortable with that you you know you pilot capably instead of just you know audibling to you know just some random best deck, you know. Right, right. Because and, that you know the matchups better, right? So you can just perform better. Yeah, and I mean, people that come to me, should I play Red Deck Wins or should I play Esper? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, those are that's, you don't have options like that. You play the deck that you're better at playing. Um, yeah. You know, if you're you're definitely not better, you're not equally good at both. It's not possible. Yeah. I mean, if I played a Red Deck, I would go one one four drop. I'd be the worst player in the world. I would have no idea what I'm doing, and I've known this from just grabbing someone's deck and playing for fun. Uh, my my combat math for constructed aggro is way off. My uh, card usage is wrong. It's just because I'm just you know I I would be a Friday night magic magicker with a red deck, and that's why I don't. I mean that's the main reason why I don't play them. 
besides aggro being for kids anyway, so. What do you, so, like, to go on that, like, the one thing that I find some people do by mistake is follow that philosophy too closely as well, though, and they play their bad decks that are their pet decks that they know, you know, inside and out, but they never win because it's a piece of shit or because the meta has changed to crush that deck or whatever, and it's like... Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you, you play switch. the, you play, you gotta, you gotta, I think, I think you gotta, I think people need to be just more reasonable. I think that's perfect, the key. Yeah, the perfect example of that is me in blue-white control. I mean, I, I don't play blue-white control anymore because it's not good, so I just switch to blue-black control. There's always a, a, a sidestep to a deck that's very similar to your play style that's good, um, without giving up your, you know, what you're comfortable with. So, for example, your, if red becomes crappy, Back like when it did, um, people switched to vampires back in last standard, and the difference between those two decks are minimal. But you know, you go from losing all the time with your pet deck to doing well because you're playing a you know more. Yeah, because you just so. used your head. Yeah. 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 Mosquitoes are sticky pets. <laughs> Humor. I was just posting your quote on Twitter. Aggro's for kids. so good the best article I ever wrote was the mentality of a magic player on Star City and uh, that is a I I I pissed off so many aggro players I mean it's I didn't realize how demeaning it was until I sat back and read it after this posting but it is outright mean It's, it's not nice to aggro players at all, and it just kind of says how they're more like, you know, they have this bottled-up aggression, this brutishness that they are afraid to do in the real world, so they take it out in deck form, and, you know, it's all this, like, and if you read the aggressive part, <laughs> break down the mentality, it's, it's pretty funny, I think, um, and pretty accurate. And even the aggro players, I had an email from an aggro player that was like, uh, I'm going to, you know, this article is <laughs> pissing me off and everything, and, but you're at your kind of right actually <laughs> and you know people would admit that it, it applied to them but yeah i mean i think i think aggro is so bad i think i think it's been bad ever since i started playing magic and i just always i but i thank people for playing it because if it wasn't for people playing aggro i would be i would never have been anything like it, i i have stepped on the necks of aggro players to get through any win that i've ever had and the finals of two pdqs where i won with classic blue white my opponent was both times in two different pdqs playing red deck wins one, or, excuse me, one was Boros, so the same thing, and then one was Red Deck. And this this kid's playing Red Deck. He's not a kid. He's, like, probably older than me. But this kid's playing Red Deck, and he's, you know, playing Curse Scroll and this stuff, and I'm playing Exalted Angels. I mean, he's just got no chance. Like, it's just zero chance. And it's it's a buy in the finals. And, uh, yeah, I thank them for existing because without him, you know, life would have sucked. <laughs> a buy in the finals is pretty tight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my little other guy played a turn two, the white, white guy that's a soul warden. And I was holding a four spike, and this is an extended. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I've never not four spiked a turn two play. I was just like, I can't even counter that. <laughs> like, that doesn't do anything. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, you might know the guy, Chris Manning. He top eight nationals a while back. but And it's funny, Flores had a podcast with BDM, and he said that after Shaheen beat uh, Manning, like, beat him in 10 minutes with a control deck. He immediately stopped playing aggro and became Shaheen's uh, mentee. And has been calling him, trying to get, you know, requesting help about classic blue-white and traveling the country, battling with counter spells now. And that was pretty funny. That's awesome. So, um, you currently write on the select side. Yes. Um, 
Do you, what's the difference? Like, is it just a difference in the pay grade? I mean, like, it's funny because the mysterious, the mysterious machine that is Star City Games is, seems to be just veiled in this shroud of secrecy. Yeah, nobody, um, that's actually a good, that's a good Nobody point. really nobody talks knows about anything it. About, nobody talks about that shit. So I make, like, so, I make so 125 st- an article, um, and I'm like, hey. <laughs> like, no bones about it. Just fuck yeah, here's what I make. Yeah, I make and I make it based on. I didn't get a downgrade when I moved from the premium to the free side. Um, they pay me the same. I'm actually not very sure why I got downgraded. I remember I did a few things to make Star City angry. <clears throat> One, I I repped a different uh, website for while my tenure at Star City was going on at the beginning. Um, because they told me they'd buy me free plane tickets and hotel and give me hundreds of dollars of spending money to wear a t-shirt and <laughs> their company fell and went out of business. So <laughs> go figure. I'm like, why? You know, I, I'm flattered and all, but I think you can find someone more with more than 50 pro points lifetime to, to do this sick deal you got going on. But, you know, I didn't really question it, but after, right after I wore that t-shirt and ran into Evan at, uh, tournament saw a few other people there that worked for star city i got demoted i'm not sure if that was a reason maybe it was an article they didn't really like too much i'm not really sure but i didn't ask because i didn't want to be pissed off about it i don't want to hear hey your writing sucks but <laughs> i actually am not a writer i was hired by uh ted newtson last year and he told me they want me to write because it's controversial and you know, my ideas are controversial, more leaning on the preordain and other stuff that came out shortly after. And uh, I, that's those were my first articles. So, you know, I'm still kind of getting the hang of it. It's interesting, though, because the way that you're able to present the ideas in your articles, I think, has been, you know, ha- has been what has attracted, I, I, like, myself to to reading them. You know, uh, you you do a very good job of, of illustrating your point in a conversational way. But at the same time, uh, coming across with, you know, a, a confidence and a sophistication, which is extremely appreciated. So it's it's not like it's it's the equivalent to sitting down in a lecture hall uh, and actually getting a quality lecture. You That's know what I mean? Probably comes from my, uh, I appreciate it, but that probably comes from my uh, teaching, I guess, because I tend to write like how I teach when I you know, you know, teach public school. So my articles- Holy shit, you're a teacher? Yeah, you didn't know that? No! Oh. What do you teach? Government uh, this year. Tough tall Wait, world that's history. A, that's an entire subject? Gover- just government? Uh, yeah, <laughs> government, U.S. government, uh, state government, just government in general. That's fucked. So, like, government's a class in the States? Well, uh... No yeah. wonder your education system is failing. <laughs> My God. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why <laughs> I've had uh, chairs thrown at me before. And this, that's another story, too. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, it's a semester of government. They call it government, but it's only a semester of the uh, curriculum is government. And the next semester is broken up into two nine weeks, nine weeks of um, law and nine weeks of economics. So you teach high school then? Right. Okay. Interesting. Yep. So my articles are very teacher-like. That's, that's funny how that works out. But, yeah, it's uh, – I, I, I remember reading – I like Todd as a person, Anderson. But I like yeah. I, I always read people's articles to see what I don't want to do and what I don't like about it are the a lot of the personal life stuff. I mean, it's cool to I, I just know that a lot of readers don't want to really hear 
the super, super, super in-depth stuff that he talks about, like romance, personal stuff. Um, and I don't want to get really, like, simple and, like, a Brad Nelson style, which is listing a bunch of deck lists and saying, you know, play these. I would never play them, but you idiots will play them kind of stuff. But, <laughs> so, like, I always try to I try to go somewhere in between all that. A little bit of personality, a little bit of a deck list, and then a lot of reasoning on why the, the cards I used. It's the justification that makes it uh, that makes it good, you know. It, it it's one thing, to, like you said, to get a deck list to say, yeah, these are the cards that I would play because they're really strong, and it it does this, you know. But until you get into you know some of the specific card choices um, and why, you know, like your like for example, your discussion points. This last article, I'm just because I have it up and I keep looking at it. But your, your discussion points and justifications surrounding why you're playing Tezzeret right now and why you move Liliana to the sideboard, like, that's the example of exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah, uh, not leading people blind um, is is pretty important to me. Um, I really like a lot of article writers. Uh, I don't know if you remember, or you definitely remember, when we were forum-based, uh, Facebook-based, yeah. and... Every time I had someone post in the Facebook in the forums, you have like the trolls that post and they would hit flame articles, regardless of mine or anybody else's. It really matter. I would go and I would uh, defend myself, uh, and I defend myself against compliments and criticisms. And you know, I, I did it so much where I I had two at, like avid critics just nonstop, always on my case about this that, and the other turn into, like, two of my biggest, like, uh, fans that email me about, like, you know, deckless assistance and all that. Mainly because, I, you know, I, I play the, the decks I, that I put up there, and I also um, always, 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 like, check the, the comments and then reply back to them if they're, you know, questions. But then again, I only write, like, once every month, so it's <laughs> plenty of time to do it. I, yeah, I hate, I hate the, the, the act of writing. I like thinking. Hate writing. God, it takes so long. But you get paid, so might as well, you know. <laughs> Supplement the income, brother. You got Carl, Carl will tell you. He'll tell you. I first time I met him, I, I charged him. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, I charged him. That was like I, our, that's like how our I, friendship started, which that's is pretty it, funny. Yeah. I, now that I know, I wouldn't charge him again. He can ask me whatever he wants, but he's just I didn't know the guy, and I I don't I don't think I was a writer yet. I might have written. I think one it article. was because you told me that's what you were doing, and um, yeah, you were the you were the fifth fifth customer. I had five customers. Yeah. I was like, man, this is a profitable business. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'll give you deck lists for as long as you ever ask. I'm a little slow with them, but yeah, I got but it. But that's what like a lot of readers want. That's what like you mentioned, Brad Nelson. That's why I don't read his articles. He just lists like what I could easily find, like the top the top version top performing version of a given archetype it's like whatever yeah, there's um, no variation it's it's all verbatim like, right so i used pretty... to pay for rainburst or scg because there were some writers that actually gave so i had no problem like get, paying money for you because it's like it's as if i was doing like i'm paying for what i'm i want out of these uh, premium services anyway so it was good. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. it. Helped me uh helped me out a lot. <laughs> I uh I bought a house like uh, recently and that was a drain on the old income, so I cashed <laughs> in my nine hundred dollars for the Star City credit and <laughs> got all these duels and sold them on the uh, on the side there. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's 
money is good now, so hopefully I'll have time to uh, give Worlds a good crack at it, and I'll uh, be prepared with uh, my hours of gold fishing. Make sure I'm ready to go. <laughs> I still can't get over that. That's awesome. Yeah. The limited I do test, uh, just because that's fun to test, you know, moto, but that's about it. So you don't actually open your packs then? Like your your prize packs? No, I crack them. Yeah, I, I definitely only test on moto. Like I said, my area is very uh, nice way to put it is casual um, when it comes to that stuff. So I, I have to rely on the Internet to get my practice in. Well... Guys, do we have anything else we want to talk about tonight? You got any other questions for uh, for Shaheen? Like, this has been awesome because everything that comes up is just like story time. It's so good. Yeah, visible soccer. <laughs> well, always remember. So now, whenever that happens, you you know, be like, "Damn it, Shaheen, he was right." Fuck that. I think I think from now yeah. on, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call invisible stalker Shaheen. Shaheen Stalker, that's good. Yeah, that's stalker. Shaheen Stalker, that's good. Yeah. Stalker. If I ever, if I ever get the chance, the opportunity, and the honor to meet you, I think I'm gonna get you to draw your own face on one. <laughs> <laughs> With my fist in the air, and then yeah. draw the other one. I'll draw, I'll draw the Michael Jacob. Head, head, head the shake, no, the no, thank you. The no, yeah. thank you. Oh man, the Michael Jacob handshake. That's a thing now, is it? <laughs> We're gonna hear about this. <laughs> He knows. He'll remember. God, he, he, next time I see him, he's going to hear a little thing about it, too. But Oh, well. <laughs> oh, that's funny as hell. All right, Gene, we kept you way longer than you would have liked. It's cool. I think. I'm, half, I'm half asleep in my chair right now, so I'll, <laughs> I'll slide to bed and be okay. But, uh, wow, you were awesome. I love listening to all your stories and, like... Scott and Jay gets all the credit for uh, inspiring you, like make, reminding you of all these like story stories. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, I'm sure I'll hear some uh, records for it later. Though <laughs> that's okay. You're a teacher of law. You could just fucking time march roll them. Yeah. Do you, you, do you know lawyers? Uh, no. Well, I'm sure I'll be okay. I teach law. <laughs> they don't got anything on me. I said nothing bad about Star City except for the uh, the non-honoring thing. But they know that. They're gonna. I feel bad for them because they're gonna lose a lot of, uh, a lot of business when it comes to the names. They're not gonna lose business per, in the form of like tournament players, but they're gonna lose all their uh, the players that can't win anywhere else, like Alex Bertaccini and Flores and all those guys. So, yeah. um, and they, yeah, they're they're big superstars for that for that site. So we'll see how they uh, promote now. It's gonna be rough. Do you um? Okay, so you professional players because i mean you are definitely in that cast of player right like you you are you are one of the elite pro tour players as far as we're concerned right like with with how well you know your past histories and all that stuff like there's no question that that's that's the classification of people that you are in um you make a comment about you know these these flores genies and things like that like it's well documented that when they move to the big stage, they're not succeeding. Um, like, is this something that you guys look to help them with? Or, like, how is that handled? Like, are there two very different uh, groups in the playground, as it were? Yeah, there are. And I, it, they are actually all pretty tight banded. And I've actually held my hand out to them uh, with Ali and others. Uh, the group of 
players that I, I my circle is um, Orrin Beasley, uh, Ali Andrazi, uh, Patrick Cox. Uh, those are like the the mid level pros, I guess you can call them, and those yeah. ones I. I communicate with a regular, on a regular basis with uh, David Sharfman, uh, a lot of the Floridians, um, and we, you know, we we, we try, we, we email them out, we put them in a Facebook group saying, hey, well, you know, you want to talk about this, that, and the other, and they'll either not respond or not respond, and then they they work together on their own, uh, and they really don't communicate with us, and you know, that's I guess it's their loss. Wow. Try to help people, but you know my help is very, uh, like Ali will tell you, it's <laughs> it's really hit or miss. Oh, play this deck is either the greatest deck of all time. It's like the next Greater Gifts or Urzatron deck, <laughs> or it's uh, Mass Polymorph or Blink Riders. But you know, whatever, really good or really interesting. <laughs> it's like Mill. Do you have Do you have Ali convinced to play Tesseret at Worlds or just to play Blue Black with Cart? I think he's going to play Tezzeret at Worlds. Um, wow. Uh, like, uh, him and I, we pretty, pretty much see eye-to-eye eye, uh, on what's good in Magic. He almost played the same deck I played in Philadelphia. Oh, you don't know the deck I played in Philadelphia. I was 3-2 uh, and two with it, which isn't really bad for a Pro Tour, and I happened to 0-2 my draft pot. It was so terrible. I, I The worst draft I ever had, but that was M12, and M12 is, as you know, in any base set limited, the, the skill level needed for it is zilch. And was, yeah. I just lost a stupid flame blast, blast dragon twice in round one, and um, what's that card called? Uh, Gideon Jura, and I, I need that one. There's a, what is that? The five drop four four that exiles a permanent when it leaves. Whatever that's called. Uh, oh, Archon, Archon of Justice. Justice. Yeah, so yeah, the Gideon Archon. And that's round two. So I was just like, all right, well, that was fun. Um, <laughs> but I went three two in modern with a deck that played. I played a uh, Magus of the Bazaar, uh, Ideas Unbound, discarding uh, Protein Hulk and Footsteps of the Goro combo kill. So it's pretty wow. fucking awesome. And I had Ali convinced at the last minute, and he had like nightmares of mass polymorph the night before, and he's like, "Oh, never mind. All right, <laughs> I'm gonna play something else." <laughs> <laughs> like, like this was good, I swear. It was pretty good. Killed on turn three, all <laughs> Sick. All right, and uh, yeah, that's that's fuck. This has been an awesome evening. It has been really good. I'll, I'll admit that I didn't know who the fuck you were or why the fuck I should care that you're coming on my show um, originally. And that's not that's not like a slight or a dig. I just I don't know who you are at all. But it's fun, and then you have some stories, and then I learned that you like, I pretty, still don't know who you are. pretty good at magic, too. I don't know. What the fuck? I would say I'm a, a 6 out of 10 skill base in magic, but deck building... If if you mention me along the among the elites, I'm up there for for control based stuff. So yeah, without question. Yeah, Jay's not uh, necessarily a a control player himself, um, so I can understand Jay why you wouldn't know who this guy is. No, she yeah, but that's you're not, okay. You're not it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Good. No, it's nothing wrong with that. It's is, that just, is that real? Yeah. You're not a control player. I play yeah. everything because I'm that good. I always just <laughs> play the best deck. I just play the best deck. Oh, man. Well, then you play control every time. Did Shaheen just fucking ugh me? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, if you play the best deck every time, you play control every time. So we're we're in agreement. It's all right. Yeah. Same thing. See, we're the same same thing. (laughs) By by control, he means Valica. Uh, Valica, that's... (laughs) 
Don't worry, Pat Cox. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of him. He's a Valakut yeah. master. He's he's played Valakut from the, its birth to his death. So like, yeah, I forgive you. Okay, we can be friends. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Nice. All right. Uh, shoutouts, guys. What have you got, Shaheen? Um, I'll go last. You guys go first. I gotta think of mine. Zing. Sure. Jay. Sure. Whatever. Who cares? Shout out to uh, nobody who's been giving me all the nun deck ideas to play for FNM. Thanks, you fucking assholes. Um, <laughs> shout out to shout out to the fucking just loser, just loser fucking retards at uh, Phoenix Comics EDH nights. So there used to be like twenty people that would go to this thing, and it used to be fun. And uh, and then what's what's just ha- started happening? Just like not only because of these worst people on the planet, but mostly because of these worst people on the planet, um, people have just stopped coming. And now like we just play EDH at like our house. Like you know, well, the five of us instead of playing at Phoenix, we'll just play, you know, at some guy's house because it's just way more fun. So last night I'm playing, and fucking, I play I'm playing Riku, and it's a seven like there's only seven of us instead of twenty, right? Seven people show up. And I'm playing against the Mimeoplasm, uh, Niv Mizzet, um, a mono, the Mono Black Horsemanship uh, General, not the Rat, the guy that brings shit back if you sack him or something, uh, Omnath, uh, a group hug deck, and what's the other one? Because it's a seven fucking player game. Um, the guy beside me, oh, Damia, the guy that when he attacks. She puts in a, a dragon, an angel, or a demon, right? So obviously, uh, r- r- or not? Yeah, Kalia. It's damn it, Kalia. Kalia. So, so not the. I'm not playing the douchiest deck there. Obviously, it's quite the. You know, it's obviously quite the grouping of competitive douchey decks, right? Um, but so we're playing, we're playing, and I. It's his turn five with Omnath, and he's already hit me for eleven Omnath general damage because the group hug deck player decided that he was gonna. Um, play Mana Flare on turn two or three or whatever, and just fucking um, get the Omnath player online for no reason. So the Omnath player attacks me, whatever, I'm at 11, so I play a Portal. He attacks me again, he puts Shroud on his guy and attacks me again for 12 to kill me on his turn four. I have three lands in play, three fucking lands in play in a seven-player game, and I'm like, why are you attacking me? And he goes... Because I hate Riku, and proceeds to general damage me out of the game. And then, on the next turn, he says, don't worry, guys. No one's going to die before all the packs are gone, because we play EDH for pack achievements. Yeah, so shout out to that guy. What a piece of shit. I fucking hate you. Um, and shout out to, shout out to Invisible Stalker. Yeah, shout out fuck, to... fuck that guy. <laughs> shout out to Shaheen Stalker. Um, Shaheen Stalker. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Hugh Hefner, who's clearly just... it's His time is dwindling, because he has decided in his senility that Lindsay Lohan's vagina is somehow worth $800,000. Um, so I just wish I had, like, $800,000 to blow on that. That's that's a good shout-out. Shout-out to Lindsay Lohan for being the only, you know, being one of the only, like, the least relevant people on the planet who also just got paid almost a million dollars to be in one of the least relevant publications on the planet. Like, they, people still they, buy paper They think form. they're going to save each other. 
Yeah. They're like a match made in heaven. This is like Lindsay's new Samantha Ronson. Um, I don't have any other shout-outs. Those are just all anti-shout-outs. Fuck everybody. Everybody's a dickhead. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Go ahead, KYT. I'm having a great week so far. <laughs> oh, I was... Of course, thanks a lot, uh, Shaheen, for coming on. Um, I feel like we've been we've been chatting on and off uh, for a while now, and it was good to see you at SCG Boston. You were really chill. Um, and uh, yeah, my list is really short. Just that's it. I think I have really nobody to thank. <laughs> no one. No uh, one. Everybody sucks. I just hope Jay forgives me, and uh, that I let a nobody on the show and. <laughs> <laughs> and uh had to start the show earlier because <laughs> of the nobody. <laughs> but besides that, uh, yeah, that's it. So Invisible Stalker, shouts to him because I did uh, do well in my draft tonight because of him. <laughs> you guys fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> this makes me angry. I've got, uh, got shout-outs for, uh, shout for Brandon McKay who uh, hooked me up with my, uh, finally got my foil Psychotog for my Damia deck. Sick. Thank you. Um, I've got uh, shout-outs for the MTG Bridge crew. Okay, so, like, I'm, I'm going to go out and do it. No one, well, Joey Pasco mentioned Affinity for Blue on Twitter from UMTG Taps fame mentioned this bridge podcast and it was on Twitter as well. Cranny was on it from Ink Attention and Rip Wrestler and those guys. So you really should if you feel that the A team has gotten too tame, you really need to go and check out the bridge. Uh they're not available on MTG cast because they're not appropriate enough for MTG cast. Somehow we are. Uh go figure. Um so it's at mtgbridge.com. Uh, you can follow them all on Twitter, but I'll let you, you know, you guys can, can do that on your own. Um, I've been listening to the casts for the last, you know, for the last few days uh, since I listened to Joey mention him, and they're fucking hilarious. Like, I've been laughing so hard. There's not a lot of magic content. There's a lot of childish juvenile guy stuff, like... Uh, there's one episode where they actually use water displacement to figure out which one of them has larger testicles, um, which is actually hilarious. Uh, they do mention us in episode 10 as a podcast because they referenced our uh, – they're fairly new. like So they've only, they're only 10 episodes in. It's a good time to hit their site and catch them up. They referenced our podcast with Paulo and the, uh, the subject about you know gay and magic. And as, uh, as one of them on there likes to say, you know, like, They've actually sucked the appropriate amount of dick to be able to speak intelligently on the subject and have an opinion that matters. Really funny. <laughs> I'm telling you. Check that out. Taylor, that one's for you, buddy. Anyways, um, yeah, so so check it out. It's a, it's a sick cast, and it should be a lot of fun. Um, Shaheen, man, like, master, sick having you on. Been so good. Thank you for putting up with my, like, inane babbling in the beginning while I was trying to get my shit together. But uh, absolutely an honor and a pleasure to have you on. And thanks for, uh, you know, keeping it keeping it real with us on Twitter and, and keeping those lines of communication open, man. That's fantastic. So, No problem, buddy. You're the man. But uh, good luck in Worlds if we, uh, if we don't talk to you until then. 
and uh, we'll be we we'll following. Do you, are you planning on heading out to any of the SCG events before Worlds? Uh, no. Uh, I think Worlds, and then okay, I don't even know what's after that or before that. I don't think anything this year. Um, hopefully, there's a Grand Prix in my area. I think there's one in Baltimore. I'll be at that any PTQ in the local area, but as far as opens, I know I really want to get there to get my free sleeves, but I might have to <laughs> put a rain check on that one. I mean, you know, who needs a $250 appearance fee, honestly? I, I'm good. I'll be all right. So there's my shout-out. Shout-outs to the new system. <laughs> Another shout-out. I'm going to pull all the shout-outs that uh, – that uh, Jay did earlier. So shout out to um, uh, Planeswalker Points. Appreciate it uninviting me from all the Pro Tours for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Good. What else? Uh, Michael Jacob for being a good sport. <laughs> Pat Chapin for his uh, use of chemical alterations of the brain and challenging me to duel him. After he survived an attack by wild animals in Amsterdam or whatever happened to him. Um, let's see what else I got. Oh, the real one is you guys for having me on and uh, Mike Flores for – he's the reason why uh, – uh, he's my man crush. He's the reason why I kept the state of magic, uh, putting my awful deck list up. So if he, uh, if he gets wind of this, he knows. He knows I got all the love for him. So that's all I got. Nice. Excellent. All right. Well, guys, I guess that calls it a night. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for being on, Sheen. It was really fun. Yeah, man. All right. I'll take it easy. I'll take Cheers. You. Sorry about that, guys. I'm just, uh, I had to trying to get my daughter down to sleep, and my wife's still at uh, the other house here, so I'm trying to manage all this on my own. And I'm sitting down here getting, getting you know, ready to podcast and such, and I swear to you, I had to go back upstairs three times <laughs> because I thought I heard people walking, like, in my house. Like, <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> oh, my God. Three times I had to go up because it sounded exactly like there were four people walking around in my kitchen. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so, October, anyone? All righty. <laughs>